Welcome to Unbooking the Territory Season 2, where we look at the first and lasts, the beginnings and ends, the alphas and omegas of professional wrestling. Hello and welcome to UWA Wrestling Rampage, bringing you the best of British wrestling today. Thank you for joining us in this, our inaugural broadcast. In today's action-packed hour, we'll see Jason Cross take on Tiger Mask for the vacant MPW British Commonwealth Junior Heavyweight Championship. The mighty Papa T will be in action. We'll hear from UWA Chairman Mick McManus. And rookie sensation Paul Sloan locks up with the high-flying wonder kid, Johnny Storm. I'm your host, Dan Griffin, joined as ever by the copacetic UTT, Rob. Rob, how are you, mate? I'm good, Dan. I'm good. I haven't swallowed a thesaurus, so, uh, you know, I I'm doing really well. I was let down by wrestling this week, Dan. Let down oh, by God, it. How? How? Because um, Johnny Gargano's there on NXT 2.0, cutting a promo. He's leaving the promotion. It's all, all oh, sad. Whoa, 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 spoilers. I'm not due to watch it for another six months. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he lists through the people that he's, uh, you know, thanking for his career in NXT. Right. And he thanked Terry Taylor. Oh, fuck Terry Taylor. Just fuck yeah. Terry Taylor. That's what he should have said. He should have gotten that mic and just said, fuck Terry Taylor. Thank you. Yeah, just thanks everybody. Just gone, gone through the list. You know, right down to the people who are doing the catering. And then, right, they know, by the way, fuck Terry Taylor. And just, boom, mic drop one. <laughs> I think Johnny Gargano should be made to watch those nitros that Terry Taylor booked. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that uh, that'd definitely changed his mind. Um, you probably heard someone snickering in the background there. Hello. Hello. Oh, God, it's started already. Here we go. Well, this man, I can't remember who did the intro last time, but I'm doing it now. Uh, it's a man who, in our first season, actually had the most listened to episode. Oh. And he's also a fucking liar. Because oh. he told us he wasn't wrestling, and then he showed up at Rice. <laughs> and made me look at it. It's the king of the bullshit alarm himself, Winkamanda Nash. How are you, sir? Oh bollocks! Where's my bullshit alarm? Oh, you had one. You had one job. I know. No, look, it's <laughs> at the end of the garden, right? If I could turn the camera, which I can't, because it's attached to the PC screen, it's very dark outside. And the last time I went to go check out there, I slid and went up in the air. My right foot went where are you going. My left foot went. I'll come with you. And then I came down arse cheeks first. And I was I was in my pajamas, and it snowed. It was awful. I I just laid there and I went. I hope none of the neighbours saw. I've got like nine foot hedges, so I didn't think too much of it. But the, my ass was covered in mud. But I digress. The bullshit alarm is in 27A. Fair enough. The gentleman's quarter. Apart from a apart from a ring piece like a soggy bit of calamari, how are you? I'm very good, sir. I'm very good. Yes, I did enjoy lying to you, and I did enjoy seeing your face uh, captured <laughs> by the wonderful Tony Knox as I got down the end of the Witherspoon stairs, and you were just like a small child receiving a Nintendo 64 at Christmas. Everything was going well, but then... I got in the ring and it was the equivalent of getting the console but not getting a game to play on the console. <laughs> I don't care if you enjoyed that match with Gene Money. I enjoyed it. So I did, Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good. I had the belt in my hand for... I should have shouted, possession is nine-tenths of the law and just left. It would have been a different situation. It would have been indeed. <laughs> but I'm, good, I'm very good. I'm very good. I'm a tired man. I'm a... I'm a I'm a man in a conservatory. Uh, you can't see this because it's an audible podcast, but there's a a large Christmas tree that's been delicately de decorated. Uh, it's got things on it from family members. It's it's got a train around the bottom that goes choop choop, 
but it doesn't ride the track properly because it probably came from B&M. Not slagging off B&M, but it came from B&M. Yeah. <laughs> With the delay we've got on releasing these episodes, people are going to be sat there eating their Easter eggs, thinking, why is it so bad? Well, congratulations on season two, chaps. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you kindly. Um, just to make a, a brief mention, uh, why? why? Why is there a, a child's doll being held up to the screen? I have children, and I'm covered. the house is covered in dolls and teddies and sort. Look, look, if I, I'm just got, sorry about this. So, uh, we've got a we've got a Barbie wrapped in some gold shite. Um, yes. And people wonder why I want my own space at the end of the garden. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we thought there was only really one choice for uh, for this week's uh, this week's episode uh, to discuss some late 90s British wrestling. We had to get Wing Commander Nash back. Um, uh. and we're looking at the UWA, the very first episode. Uh, I won't do the full rundown just yet because I'm mixing things up. Because that's what I do. Because I like to make I like to make Rob's life a living hell. <laughs> you should have said this is Rampage. We could have got some AEW fans in by accident. We are doing the first ever episode of UWA Wrestling Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday. You know what that means. It means that I'm not watching it because it's on fight and it requires a subscription. Four ninety nine. Pay for it now and then when you sign into the app, it also tell you to sign into your Apple TV app. And when you sign into your Apple TV app, you'll find you've paid for Fight TV twice. And it still won't load the program and it's terrible at sorting out the documentaries and the, the alignment. You want to watch episode 27? Tough, my friend. You'll have to go to 2006 and look for it there. Sounds like Britbox. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Must both have the same IT support company. So before we get into the, you'd, so I can't even say it without wanting to die a little bit inside just to lay my cards on the table early. Before we get into this episode of UWA Wrestling Rampage, it's uh, Rampage, baby. It's beautiful, Dan. Don't be so mean. It's beautiful. It's a thing of beauty. By the yeah, way, listeners, I've got a new microphone. If you can hear me, oh, wah 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 wah. Anyone else got a bit of a semi right now? Um, <laughs> is that ASMR? I, I don't know. Is that, uh, will that count? This is ASMR, whatever that is. Listen, this is the sound of my Charizard pendant on a table. Oh, my God. Do you want to hear a keyboard? Sign up to my OnlyFans forward slash ASMR keyboard. Yeah. Welcome. Well, we're all about firsts and lasts on this episode, and that's the first time that's <laughs> happened. <laughs> the last time most people are listening. <laughs> Season two, our oh, bollocks, that mate, they've got ASMR on. I'm not having that. He's got kids and all sorts of shite bollocks to it. It's not even Rampage. Where's CM Punk? Oh, dear. Dear me. Well, <laughs> I'm guessing we're all drinking by this absolute catastrophe. <laughs> Started ages ago. That's an LOL. That's twenty-two pounds. That for that? Don't, don't. Sorry, I, I, I nearly went proper. I nearly went full Yorkshire. Now, watch. <laughs> May the same when the when you go to the checkout. Yeah, Thirty-three pounds, please. <laughs> Sorry, does that even come with food? <laughs> awful, awful. So, Wing Commander, in to ask you in a true Yorkshire fashion, what's that swanky? That's drinking Carlsberg. Uh, the the t- lady indoors. Okay, I okay. I I'm just going to bury the Yorkshire action if I can't carry that on. I did question getting some wine. I did question getting some hard seltzers. 
I did mm. question getting some uh, cider, and I also questioned just having green tea. Uh, and I just ended up going up for Carlsberg because my local establishment at the end of the street sells it for a fairly handsome price. And I was like, oh, we've, it's chilled to the bone. It's maximum drink value. I'll take you instead. Fair enough. We're not above drinking Euro piss on this programme. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, what are you drinking, mate? At the moment, I'm on a Dea Stop Making Sense, which describes itself as a fruity banger. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, and uh, that's um, 6.2%. Then I've got a Vocation New Musac, um, which is a hazy pale ale at 4%. And I have Magic Rock Fruity Fullness, which is an elderberry, blackberry, and a juniper Berliner Weiss. That's 4.8%. Fruity Fullness. What was it? Something banger? Fruity, fruity Fru- banger? A, fru- a fruity, fruity banger. banger from Daya. Some fruity banger, some fruity fullness, and we, apparently we've got to stop making sense. I didn't realise we'd started. Um, <laughs> first up, I'm on Northern Monk's Patrons Project 24.05. It's a 10.5% Imperial Stout. Pardon? It's bloody... 10.5% Imperial Stout. It's bloody lovely. 10%? I've got a 17% in the fridge. Ooh! You went blind last time you drank a 17%. You tried to get a sponsorship from the brewery, and the brewery going, I can't wait to hear this episode. And Dan's going, I can't see. There's no way I'm telling them that's the episode they're on. I was not the one that messaged the brewery. It was Drunk You, which is a completely yeah. different person that sent the message. No, it was Rob. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Because you were blind and couldn't see your keyboard. <laughs> didn't go blind. Everything just went a little bit fuzzy. Oh, okay, okay. I may, have ta- I may have taken my glasses off and just not realised. <laughs> uh, after that, I've got a beer called Jiddler's Tipple from By the Horns Brewing Company. Oh, no, sorry. I tell the lights. Collaboration Jiddler's Tipple is the name of the other brewery. So it's By the Horns Brewing Co. with Jiddler's Tipple, and it's their Panatoni Pastry Stout. Uh, so that's orange, ra- orange raisin, vanilla, brandy, and rum-flavoured stout at 6.5%. And then I've got By the Horns Brewing Co. Choco Mint Shake, which is a chocolate chip and mint uh, milkshake stout. Oh, I feel uneducated when I go, I've just got some Carlsberg, and you gentlemen reel off all the list of things that are involved, and just like, here I am, just me and my, my plain to, can. To, to put this into context, two nights ago, well... Went to just go around some mates to have a few drinks, and I just took eight cans of Amstel with me. Good man, good man. Because did you, did you come home with any? No. Okay, good work, good work, excellent work. <laughs> you should be recycling those cans now. Oh, do you know there's um in Newcastle, there's somebody has a house, and on the outside of it, or is it is it Newcastle or it's somewhere else? But they've recycled all their cans of uh, Carlsberg, and the outside of the house is just tins stacked like bricks all that i'm not hit the google <laughs> and have a look at it there is a house covered in tins of carlsberg and you're thinking that must be amazing until lightning hits your house and then you wonder why everybody inside has been internally fried while asleep it's just uh <laughs> yeah i drove past, i had to drive past it twice i took a, a left and then a right and did a u it and then just did the thing where you, your jaws widen you just go oh and you just cruise on past oh wonderful idea but 
you, the commitment there going, I need at least 500 cans of Carlsberg to do the uh, left side of the house. And then for the windows, I've averaged it about 422. And then getting your small children to drink the Carlsberg so you can speed up the process to decorate oh. your house. Uh, it, it's a big project. I mean, that'd take me at least a month to get through to get all the empties. Take me two weeks. You, you can just imagine that mortgage application. Are you looking to do any home improvements? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it depends what your class is an improvement. <laughs> so now that we've got what we're drinking out of the way, we'll uh, be the virtual Reginald, if he's still about, or Smart Mark Sterling, if either of them are still sommeliers or if they're just off being wrestlers, I don't know, uh, and recommend something to drink with this show. So, Wing Commander, what would you recommend people watch UWA Wrestling Rampage with? Heroin. <laughs> <laughs> and we've no, got another no. first. That's the first recommendation for heroin. It's like when you go to a, a, a gathering uh, or, a, or a function. And then there's some free drinks, and then there's the behind-the-bar drinks. But you don't want to pay the bar prices, so you'll have the free drinks. But you know for well the free drinks are going to make you feel sick, but you just go ahead as well. That's what I'd recommend. Take the free stuff and see what happens. Take the free pims that's 90% fruit. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Take the bottles of knockoff sol that, that your work have put on for the Christmas party. <laughs> when, they've, when, they've, when they've promised you free drinks. But you'll accept it gladly, because it's better than not imbibing alcohol. <laughs> what would you recommend Rob well I am going to go for strawberry tigers and rooftop jacuzzis by Abbeydale Brewery because Tiger Mask is on this show it's oh. a, somehow 12.4% imperial stout it's one that I gave 4.25 to out of 5 and on taps and Beth gave 1.5 because you know she's a heathen miserly ratings that sounds very much up my street I need to find myself one of them. I've gone for an Imperial Stout as well. I've gone for Winter by Phantom Brewing Company. Uh, so it's 11% uh, Imperial Stout, as I said. It's uh, barrel-aged in rum barrels. So it's nice, rich, boozy. It tastes of raisins and rum, and it's nice, warm in quality. And it's another untapped whack for me. I got, the first, I got the first check-in on untapped. Nice. I think you should have to get like three in a row before it counts anymore, Dan. You're finding these too easy. <laughs> it's all completely accidental. Yeah, I think you've bribed the people at Hopper Clock. The good people <laughs> at Hopper Clock are having their names sullied. <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely haven't. They just, they, just let me try, they just let me try some earlier so it counts. <laughs> so you mentioned Beth's miserly ratings earlier. Does Beth have a beer of the week for us? And Beth's beer of the week is Crocodile's Don't Play Cricket by Range Brewing Company. And Beth's beer of the week there was Crocodile's Don't Play Cricket. We've spoken before about buying a beer uh, just based on the can art, and this was definitely one of those. Um, it's from Rance Brewery. She gave it 1.25 out of 5 and untapped. It's a 5% uh, hazy pale ale. But yeah, great can art, ropey beer. <laughs> Buy it if you want to <laughs> buy it if you want to drink something vaguely unpre- unpleasant but nice to look at. <laughs> but can you imagine like you, you you have seven of these and you're starting to feel a bit and then you just go, excuse me, have you got the crocodile can't play with the tambourine? And then try to say the name off the more and more you progressively okay. become drunk. And so okay, can, like, I have, oh, you, can I have some, can I have some crocodiles middle wickets? <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like when you're buying, you go uh, in, in early 2000, you're like, I'll have a bottle of Mets. And then they present you with a bottle of Bex because the nightclub's too loud. And you're like, no, I wanted the Alka Pops. It's going to make me pee really aggressively, not the lager. Oh, they were oh. the good old days. Oh, the, pops. The, good old, the good old days was when the show went out. You could go to the bar and ask for an octuple. You'd be like, hello, oh, have no. an octuple whiskey and coke. Oh, that sounds lethal. I want to I go back to the 90s. I missed all this. Yeah. <laughs> there was no health and safety. <laughs> <laughs> give, give me the undercounter lethal, please. I'll, uh, I'll slip you a quid. The most, I've ever, the most I've ever seen spirit sold in was when I went on a night out to Markham because a mate of mine was at Uni in Lancaster and they were selling quad vods for a pound. Oh. oh. Quadruple vodkas. Quadruple vodkas for a oh. pound in a Markham nightclub that was so ramshackle, a fat lad, not me, fell over and nearly went through the floor into the uh, into the whatever room it was below. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a nightclub called the Conservatory in Leeds. And I once watched a lady fall from the stairs above. And I went to grab her, honestly, to stop from falling. But I was drunk. So she come tumbling down. I put my hand out and it was like she just tried to high five me without trying and just carried on down the stairs. And then when I saw <laughs> she got to the bottom and her leg wasn't straight, I was like, I'm going to keep walking and pretend I didn't see that. I felt guilty because she yelled, but nobody came to her because it's a nightclub and it was loud. And then years and years later, it went from the nightclub and it's now like a walking bar. And I walked in, I was like, oh. I wonder if the place has changed at all. <laughs> that walked in. And she was still there. <laughs> <laughs> still, still there, but her foot was upturned and used as, as, a, as a small table to hold your beer. <laughs> no, the venue looked nice, but I was just like, as soon as I stood there, I kind of went, oh, I remember that lady falling down those stairs. All the way down, brief pause, continue, stop. Ah, the good old days. If I had a time machine, I'd definitely go back to when I was 17, 18 and hitting the bars and the clubs and going out on a tenner and coming home with three quid. Oh, the the conservatory, the one with all that wicker furniture. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah. Just, mm, just, uh, yeah, because it, it went from a conservatory and then it became, was it a flares? They turned it to a flares eventually and it was a flares nightclub and uh, flares. Mm, just oh, leads. Mm, I love this city. Anyway. Now that the uh, now that the old men reminisce about nightclub sex, <laughs> night back in my day, get taxi home for fifty p. <laughs> back in my day, you could go out with a tenner and come home with fifteen quid, pissed out your mind. <laughs> someone else's handbag and someone's mum, and you didn't care where you walk up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So we are going back to the glory days of 1999 <laughs> with UWA Wrestling Rampage. So, you know, they, they made the Rampage name Cooling Wrestling. So well done to them. Um, it was taped on the 11th of April 1999 at the Crystal Palace Indoor Arena, London. The maximum I could not find the maximum maximum capacity of this venue because it no longer exists. I couldn't, oh. find, I couldn't find bugger all on this place. It's yeah, probably so the- a cost of coffee. So the capacity of the indoor arena was 2,000, which the FWA Revival 2002 actually sold out. All right, fair enough. Oh. The UWA claimed to have 1,500 people in for this event. I, I don't know. They, there were quite a few people in, though, I thought. Oh, there was a uh, decent amount in. Well, there was a gentleman. I think when we get into it, I'll, no, yeah, I'll save it for later, but there was a gentleman 
who started giving some finger pointing and some verbal gesturing from the crowd. And I had to pause what I was viewing and then analyze it with a little zoom in and a bit more of a zoom in. And then geographical and mathematical symbols started appearing a scene. I went, I know him. He's got a he's got a Hawaiian shirt and goes to rise a lot. I know who exactly that is. But we'll get to it when it when we get to the, the thing. No, shit, really. really. Genuinely. I know exactly who you mean. Mm, I stood next to him at the uh, the summer sesh and we had a lovely shirt standoff and it, there was him and two of his colleagues. And I went, come on, gentlemen, let's assume the pose are in shorts. <laughs> and to see him and his younger self, I was just like, oh. I, I, I believe you're speaking of a, an outlaw of the deathmatch variety. Uh, quite possibly, sir, quite possibly. And he even referred to me as like, hello, Wing Commander. I was like, shh, don't know who he is. Miles' is dad here. Who are you talking to? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Rob, you were saying. Well, as Mick McMahon has said, it's nice to see some of the old faces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the Crystal Palace sporting venue, because um, they've got the outdoor as well as the indoor arena, this had been the home of the FA Cup final from 1895 to uh, 1914. And the last FA Cup final played there, Burnley beat Liverpool 1 0. Liverpool probably had an 80% possession and 15 to 20 shots on target doing it. Yeah, no, no change. I blew Sean Dice. <laughs> yeah, I think they still had actually, I think they had actually bands up front. Yeah. <laughs> and fucking Jack Cork in the middle. <laughs> and so this, this episode aired on the live TV on the 14th of May 1999. We've all witnessed uh, some of the glory and some of the clips of that. Uh, mm of that particular station. Live TV was operated by the Mirror Group newspapers on cable TV from 12th of June 95 until 5th of November 99. Was revived briefly from two, uh, in two, by Sky in 2003. Uh, 2006, the new Live TV's name was changed to Babe World uh, to reflect the channel's gradual... <laughs> Tune in for 11 o'clock. Ah, welcome to Babe World. Yeah, I'm making a sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what it became. Well, it's funny because in the 90s, we we had Sky. And then my dad's work decided that periodically he'd uh, need to work from home. So they paid for us to get cable for the increased internet speed but also with that they got us the tv and in those days you used to have like a representative come round and tell you all the stuff about it and it was oh yeah and live tv's on there you'll get topless darts and my dad was like, my dad was like i don't want to see eric briscoe topless <laughs> I've, I've heard that story about four times now and it never gets up <laughs> oh dear me <laughs> So the the Ultimate Wrestling Alliance, if you believe Cage Match, was founded in 1998 and is currently owned by Phil Powers. But they're fucking liars. Well, I think it's currently owned by Phil Powers. I don't think it was founded by Phil Powers. It it was founded by former WWF editor Andrew Martin, not Test, just someone else who happens to be called Antonine. This is a test. And former WWF producer who'd then gone on to work for Sky TV, Dan Belinka, who we'll see a lot of in this show. Now, Dan Belinka has gone on to write quite a lot of television. He's written episodes of The A-List, Casualty, Hollyoaks. He's really specialised as well in children's TV. He's won two BAFTAs for children's TV writing. Uh, written Shaun the Sheep, Thunderbirds Ago, Horrible Henrys. Um, Real hard hitters. 
Yeah, well, it's BAFTA-worthy in, in that category. I'm only saying that because I will get, as the more I drink and the more we talk about this show, I will get increasingly salty towards Dan Berlinker. <laughs> yeah, we will see a lot. He feels very AWA, Ralph Stranges and um, Greg Garnier in the uh, satellite base, doesn't it? And that's why, gentlemen, I'm proposing a drinking game. <laughs> Every time, the rules are simple. Every time we see Dan Belinka pop up on screen, you take a drink. Every time you feel Dan Belinka has talked for too long, you take a drink. Ooh, smashed. And every time, and every time you hear a variant of the phrase Michinoku Pro Wrestling British Commonwealth Junior Heavyweight Championship or title <laughs> said in full to pad out minutes of this show, you take a drink. That is not- yeah, because every single wrestling show li- mentions at least 50 times Mishinoku Pro British Commonwealth <laughs> Championship. The, the, when when I first heard him say that, I was like, whoa, that's a right name for a title, is that bad boy? Imagine all that text underneath your name on a promo photo. You'd just like, you'd have the top quarter for your face and then the rest would just be the graphic of what the belt is. It was, it'd, end up, it'd end up like Jan Venegar of Hesselink's uh, <laughs> shirt in the Premier League. <laughs> It's, it's half of Tiger Masks for Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty belt, though. I did like it. I, I quite like it. I've got a keen eye for some wrestling belts, and I quite like the way that one looked. I was like, yeah, yeah, I've not seen you being reproduced on the indie scene yet. I quite like that. You've saved yourself. I'll get into that, because to me, it looked like a belt that would... It actually, it looked better the further away from it you were. Mm, as soon same as, you as got my... closer to it. <laughs> My Wonder Pants title was the same. From a mile away, it was a gleaming beacon of joy. Up close, who made this with a blind? <laughs> I like that Wonder Pants title. <laughs> I, I, I gave it away to a, a, a very good fan of mine. I'll give him a shout out. Tony Norton. What a wonderful human. I named a wrestling move after him, the Norton Bomb. I don't do it anymore because I nearly ripped my shoulder out. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just keep your back free of viruses. <laughs> 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 Well, I was the geek of British wrestling, so when I shouted Norton Bomb, I should have shouted free 14-day trial and then dived in. <laughs> and I gave that belt to him, and he sent sent me a photo of his kids with it, and they adorn it. And the weird thing is, that belt was heavier than most companies' belts I'd went to. I was like, oh, is this your show? Oh, mine's heavier than yours. And it's sharper, could rip your face off. Look at those diamonds, they're made of actual glass. Oh, oh. That, right, was the result of a rebate from the local gas and electric company. We'd overpaid them. They gave us some money back. The uh, good lady indoors took half. I took half. I sent an email to India. And six weeks later, it arrived. (laughs) I don't know how it got through customs. It weighed a (laughs) tonne. And the rest is history. And even some major belt chap on Twitter took to going, oh, it's not very original. I was like, it says Wonder Pants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care where you're going with this one. <laughs> but I guess, yes, yes. Copy belts. Yeah, copy them all day long, all day long. I'll do it. I'll do it all day long. I don't mind. Fair enough. I, I, I want to see that Wonder Pants title again. Why would you give it away, you tit? <laughs> I know it was a nice thing to do. But. I know, but I was moving on. I'd, I'd, I'd lived at home with my mother. Not really. <laughs> so, <laughs> as I'd moved out of my mother's, which I moved out quite a long time ago, I decided I needed to be a man and cast aside the wonder pants, the geek. Uh, weird. And now, weird and, now we have, and, now, and now we have the unwashed skin mat uh, title. <laughs> now, we, now we have the, is that chocolate or will it wash out? 
And <laughs> randomly, I was in the loft two weeks ago getting the Christmas stuff out, and I found a case, and I opened the case, and oh my gosh, did I see all my old trunks. Geek underpants, I found my Thundercat trunks. I haven't worn them in years. Oh, I might have to wear them again, randomly. I might just whip out. I'm, of- I'm, I'm quite upset you're not wearing them to recording. <laughs> <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a little break from recording while I enjoy this intimate moment with Wing Commander Nash <laughs> <laughs> via Skype let me put on my 3D goggles <laughs> and fetch the microscope <laughs> focus child focus you'll see it all should we get into the UWA the actual yes, episode I've, I've raised my hand and I don't know why <laughs> I'm like a kid at Christmas. All right, guys, I'm just playing with this shit. <laughs> I can send a laughing Christmas emoji. Oh, we need a Nash Discovers technology series. Oh, can you imagine <laughs> tonight's episode? A mouse, a keyboard, Ooh, a emoji. <laughs> Oh, it's got a Christmas face. <laughs> <laughs> just sat there pressing the button every so often going, <laughs> <laughs> I was a bit of me just chuckling, oh, I'm going to send another one to myself. <laughs> right, let's dive in, boys. Let's get this uh, oh. Ultimate Wrestling Alliance. Is that what it stood for? Ultimate yeah. Wrestling Alliance. Shit, the bed. And this was their second show ever. <laughs> second show ever on TV. But Steve Linsky with hair, mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Johnny Storm with hair. <laughs> Alex Shane calling out bald people. <laughs> oh, what a banger. What an absolute banger. We do get all that, but we start off with the UD, with the UWA graphic coming uh, from left to right across uh, across clips of in-ring action with some weird, almost military-esque uh, percussion soundtrack. And then we get bits of grey text that look like they were from Microsoft Paint having comedy bolt, uh, bolt sound effects as they came together to form the words UWA. And the first thing we see is Mr. Dan Belinka drink. Oh, sorry. My bad. <laughs> mm. And he sat there in an editing suite, making the whole thing look like a knockoff grandstand. Perfect description. Perfect. <laughs> And he welcomes us to UWA Rampage, the best of British wrestling today. Uh, thanks us for joining him in the inaugural broadcast. Uh, introduces to what we'll see in this action-packed hour. We'll see Jason Cross take on Tiger Mask for the vacant uh, MPW British Commonwealth Junior Heavyweight Championship. Drink. Boom. <laughs> the mighty Papa T will be in action. Oh. We'll hear from UWA Chairman Mick McManus who's there showing off his grappling stances while suited and booted with his hair definitely not dyed. And it's, it's as jet black and slick as ever. All natural. I, lo- I love that Mick McManus gets his hair cut by Lego. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's beautiful. I love, I love him to pieces. And just every time I see his hair, I go, oh, just, just, oh, I just, I don't understand. The morning routine when he wakes up, or when he did wake up, bless him, God rest his soul. Just, I mean, just what... he definitely had shares in BP. <laughs> it's the, the the combing routine before your morning coffee. Oh, do a little wrestling pose in bathroom, opens a little cupboard, 
Brill Cream toner from the photocopier. Little, little oil drum. Mim Manis is an absolute legend of British wrestling. Mm. And, you know, unfortunately, I mean, obviously by this point he's in his late 70s and this wasn't his finest hour. But at least he looked better than Johnny Zane. Yeah. <laughs> but did you, right, the, the, Johnny Zane can just drop a full-on, like, plank and it could, it could, it could plank until dawn begins and nighttime falls. Honestly, God, and he can have a conversation while you plank. I remember being in a seminar and looking at him, and he was like, "Right, we'll go down. Like, Should we do this for seven minutes?" My heart legitimately went. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'm fully aware. He wants to go seven minutes." And he's just like, "Right, right, so let's hold your course, that down." And I just looked. And I was like, "You can't see this, so ter- terrible from me again, obviously on the audible." But I was just I looked at him. and I was like, "Bet he's got a twelve pack." You know, when you just look at someone, and you think, "If you punched him, you break your fist." If you kicked him, you break your leg. And how old but was then, he at this point? This was about four years ago. So it's <laughs> he's, he's just like, oh, do I do a 12-minute plank, then have a cup of tea, then I'll do an 18-minute plank, I'll read a paper. I just My mind absolutely is definitely got like a 12-pack. I reckon what we don't see is Johnny saying, text those adverts like an 80s advert, the jeans unbuttoned, abs crunched, Hands behind the back of the head, flexing, <laughs> and he's just like, with glasses on, Johnny Saint. <laughs> there were, uh, we'll get to them later, but there were some great adverts on this show. I now wish there had been a Johnny Saint abs diet coke advert. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard it six minute abs. Now try seven minute abs. Hang on. Who <laughs> believe? Hmm. It appears the lady of the house has just thrown something at the cat and hit the other Christmas tree. We're witnessing Christmas violence. I do apologise. Oh, dear. Uh, well, it's Gary, speaking... the arsehole. <laughs> the arsehole presenter. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, back to, back, speaking of was. arsehole presenters, back to Dan, <laughs> back to Dan Belinka. Um, and he says, we'll see rookie sensation Paul Sloan lock up with the high-flying wonder kid, Johnny Storm, who looks like the lost fourth member of Three Count. Um, <laughs> if only he had been. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> And this, this, you know, this is a nice little intro so far. And then we get a bit of background on Paul Sloan. He said he's trained, he's trained extensively with Full Powers, one of the most successful athletes in the UWA today, going into their second show. Uh, and it's with Full Powers that we begin as we find out if the technical skill of flying Full Powers uh, being pitted against the pure brute strength of Mad Dog McPhee. And at this point oh. in my notes, I wrote, fucking hell, is he, fucking hell, he's still talking, so drink for me. Oh. Uh, we get more exposition. Uh, Mad Dog is part of a growing number of wrestlers who signed up with controversial manager Steve Linsky, who has hair at this point. Oh, he had uh, two sets of hair in this show. Yes, yes, he did. So basically saying that he'd love nothing, Linsky would love nothing more than to see Phil Powers hurt and maimed, which is a bit strong, uh, to be so matter-of-fact about. And it's uh, it's becoming a bit of an ex- exposition dump. It says, or at the very least, pin for a three-crown. Well, what a fucking step down. <laughs> I, w- I want you to break his legs or pin him. I love that. Killed, killed, maimed, or pinned. <laughs> Rip it. Feed, feed him to the pigs, Errol. <laughs> no, wait, no, just, fuck, just fucking pin him, it's fine. <laughs> I'd kill you, but I can't be arsed. Lay down for free. Yeah. Uh, same book. Uh, both athlete, athletes will feel the pressure as they enter the Crystal Palace Indoor Arena for the first British wrestling match to be nationally televised for over a decade. And Mad Dog run the ropes like he did. Oh my fucking god! But you know, to have that accolade, 
it's that's it sounds really impressive. To be fair to the UWA, it, it is a big thing. You know, World of yeah, Sports Wrestling had, had gone away. Um, you know, we'd have WCW and WWF, but to actually have British wrestling on TV, even though it's the channel with topless darts and <laughs> the weather and, you know... Eight, 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 eight drunk people watching at any one side. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> I resemble that comment, Dan. <laughs> And he tells us that 1,500 screaming fans were uh, are on hand to witness this matchup, and I've written in my notes, he's still talking, so I'll <laughs> take a drink. Uh, it's for Flying Phil, it's the crowd that makes it all worthwhile. Flying Phil had all of the energy leaving that, that door. I have never seen a man more excited. Oh, but the thing, is we have, the thing is, we haven't even got to the match yet. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, he's excited, though. He's gone to, gone to cage match and edited himself on as the owner of the... <laughs> <laughs> we, we cut to footage of Phil Powers. Uh, he's entering an arena with uh, lights and smoke, uh, you know, coming from behind him and a guy with a UWA sign. That actually looked pretty decent. And we've got more Dan Belinka voiceover. Uh, saying mm-hmm. Powers is one of the most exciting crowd-pleasing athletes in the UWA today, but behind the scenes he's an inspiration and mentor to the UWA's rising stars in this footage of him training. Uh, I believe it's Paul Sloan saying he's uh, you know spending hours in the gym training up-and-coming athletes. Uh, Steve Linsky's an opportunist, and at this point I wrote, and has hair. <laughs> he hasn't just got hair, he's got something else on this show. He's got an American accent. <laughs> A shit American accent. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. So we, we flashed back to Epping last year where Linsky gave power, uh, set up a match between Phil Powers and the anarchist Doug Williams. I've, I've never seen Doug Williams look that young. Um, but apparently now we're getting a fucking history lesson. I, I assume Doug Williams was born jacked. I have I have never seen him sm- that that shape ever in my life. I had to I had to double-check the screen. I was like, has somebody just, like, morphed Doug's face onto a young lad? <laughs> <laughs> I'd never in my life have I seen him that size. I was like, I've shared a locker room with that gentleman. And I was like, there's no way that's Doug Williams. That's Bug Williams, the 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 tributes are going around. <laughs> Thug Williams. <laughs> <laughs> that's the inception, isn't it? British wrestling doing a tribute show of British wrestling. <laughs> I'm speak to Rise. I'm going to have an entire show. I'm just going to call it the tribute. <laughs> So basically, Steve Linsky, uh, he interferes, fucks it up, uh, chucks powder in Williams' eyes, accidentally gives Powers the win. Williams and Linsky patch things up, but the flamboyant American still has an axe to grind with Bill Powers. <laughs> and this time, he's unleashing the mad dog. <laughs> this time, it's real. This time, it's personal. And we get a Steve Linsky promo uh, in his American, in his sorry, Robert, in his shit American accent, uh, saying how Powers has been his thorn in his side for so many years. Tonight's it's going to be taken care of. Who better to take care of it? Than so many years. Dog. It's the second fucking event that we're on. We cut to we cut to we cut to Mad Dog. And have you ever bought or ever seen those like wrestling action figures that you'd get in a petrol station at services? Imagine that, but Kevin Nash. I was going to say it looks like someone had melted an edge figure. I, yeah. I said it. I said it was Kevin Nash from Castleford. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Nash. Kevin, Kevin Cash. <laughs> I was going to say Kevin Nashleford. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, 
How dare you tarten my name with such derogatory comments? <laughs> so we get that promo, and then we go back to Belinka, drinker. And all I've got in my notes there is, why is this still happening? <laughs> this then this wasn't actually that long. Oh, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, this when we get to the end of it, it goes about I think about three and a half minutes. But anyway, um, so we've got Belinka saying Powers has already wrestled Mad Dog. Uh, sorry, felt the power of Mad Dog. They uh, on live TV's cat fight. Uh, they had Mad Dog powerbomb uh, Phil Powers on the twenty uh, fourth floor of Canary Wharf. Quite aggressively, I might add. The apartment was like, oh. Yeah, I'm glad, it, I'm glad it wasn't just us living that thought it looked nasty. <laughs> it was, oh, which live TV programme was she watching when she made that noise? To be fair, this is, the, this is one of the few good things that's come out of this opening segment so far, this whole... Just like I say, exposi- exposition dump and, and tell don't show type of, of catch up. You know they're actually crossing the programs on the uh, on the channel. Fair play to them. Yeah. And then he says uh, it was during the taping of live TV's cat fight, which on this occasion should have been renamed dog fight. Fuck off, Berlinka. Oh, yeah. So we're referring to Magdog McPhee as Northampton's own Magdog McPhee, or is that just no, reserved for Norman Smiley? That honour is reserved for Norman Smiley. Um, <laughs> Belinka says, does Phil have what it takes to muzzle the mad dog? And we get a mad dog promo of sorts. Uh, basically, Phil, tonight you're going to find out not everything the wife tells you is true. Size really does matter. It was only one line, but... And he made a, and he made a penis joke, so I have no problem with it. <laughs> but he sounded cornish when he did it as well. It was like putting yeah. a fake cornish accent. You're going to find out not everything the wife tells you is the truth. So he really does matter. You can imagine backstage... You know, Linsky, you sound American. Mad Dog, you sound Cornish. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to get some bombs on seats. <laughs> and then oh. we cut. And then we cut back to Belinka. So drink. The man with movable eyebrows. Oh God! S- strong words there from Mad Dog and Steve Linsky speaking earlier to the lovely Jamila. This is uh, that Jamila will be bringing us more news from the locker rooms later in the hour, but but for now the time for talk is over. Fucking finally, I'll drink then because I thought again he was talking for too long. And we head down to ringside where our commentators are standing by Steve Morgan and Ross the Boss Gordon. That was three and a half minutes that felt like the last fucking hour of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> 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 there were at I mean, least seven different points there where they could have stopped it and just gone to the first match. It the, was the thing unnecessary. Is, the thing is, Dan Belinka has worked, both of them, the pair of them, uh, Andrew Martin and Dan Belinka, have worked in WWF. But it feels like they worked in WWF in like 1991 or something. Because if you look at what else is going on in wrestling at this time, you know, oh. like you, you've got, you know, Stone Cold and The Rock and, you know, uh, Scott Steiner's there calling out to his hoes and all this sort of stuff. And Goldberg, they've got Dan Goldberg. Yeah, Goldberg and, you know, all, all this sort of stuff. It, it's just not of its era. Not at all. <laughs> Any thoughts, Nash? <laughs> you, you can see the intention. It's the delivery. <laughs> <laughs> As we quite often say on this podcast, they did the best possible job they could. 
for the money. For the money. But that was that was more rig- that was more rigid than a Johnny Saint plank. The, the ultimate of ridge. It was. Oh, I try. Just, we try and watch the. We try and watch these in isolation and not compare it to anything else. But the problem is, we covered the f- very first episode of Lucha Underground last week, mm. and that was an amazing. I know it's fifteen years after, but it was an amazingly well produced bit of television that introduced the backstory to the whole sort of world, why it was happening, who was who, and all of that. And it did it in such a way that it was almost intuitive. So you you were being shown what was happening. You weren't just having it being dictated to you. Yeah. This just felt like the direct opposite. This was like, you've you've seen it on Sky TV. You've seen it on posters. Your granddad once wrestled in one of these shows. Now welcome to the UWA, where we're not WWE, but we're also not the UK Undertaker. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. To, to be fair though, Dan, I don't think that Lutra Underground was sandwiched between banger racing and topless darts. <laughs> that, that was his downfall. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know that, didn't know its focus point. If that had, if that had happened, it'd, it'd still be with us. <laughs> you know what this show needs? Topless darts at 9 p.m. I want to see titties and treble twenties. <laughs> no, not triple titty, titties. I've seen Total Recall. <laughs> Nobody's got time for three tits. I just want treble twenties and titties. Give it to me now. <laughs> but first, the weather up in Edinburgh from this vertically challenged gentleman on a trampoline. Oh, canal. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh, but we get our first match after what feels like an hour of exposition, after an hour of talking. We get Phil Powers versus Mad Dog McPhee. Did a little look into Powers. Uh, debuted in the early to mid-90s, depending on where you look. Uh, his first recorded match on Cage Match was uh, with Hammerlock in 1995. Uh, and up until this show, he basically worked Hammerlock and All-Star. This was his third match in the UWA on their second ever show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, it was. Um, I think he was, actually, he was actually trained by uh, by Johnny Kidd, in fairness, mm. who's been around forever. The footage that they showed of the training was actually at the All-Star School, because as oh, soon as right. I saw the ring and the back wall with the posters, I was like, I know that, I've seen that somewhere before. And I had to go to my <laughs> social media to confirm it. I think the venue's changed, but the layout is very similar to what it was. So that was definitely the the all star training school that I could see there. And if I'm wrong, feel free to find me on Twitter and DM me, and I may or may not respond. Go shout at Nash; he likes it. No, no, please don't. <laughs> uh, Mad Dog uh, Mad Dog McPhee was trained by Andre Baker and Justin Rich- uh, Richards at the uh, the Hamlock Academy. Apparently debuted in 1993, uh, but his first recorded match on Cage Match was versus Gary Steele for Hamlock in 1998. And he'd apparently been uh, wrestling, uh, touring, he'd wrestled a touring CWA, where he most notably teamed with Robbie Brookside and Bruiser Mastino, who was Mantor. Oh, well, which motherfucker taught him how to run the ropes? I think he skipped that day. Defo, because as soon as he hit him, I went, he's going to fall. And then he hit this side, he's going to fall. And then he hit this side, I was like, he's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's defying gravity, speed, and power. This man is beyond. 
but we uh, we cut to the ring and we have the ring announcer there, who I believe was Louis Spence cosplaying the Ninth Doctor. Uh... <laughs> 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 Most planets have a no. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. You all right there, Nash? <laughs> Be away. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> that description. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. Um, anyway, <laughs> we'll get back. To, we'll get back to the match. Uh, so this announcer chap here never did catch his name. Uh, introduces Mad Dog McPhee with such um, cracking lines as having a passion for freshly slaughtered livestock, and mm. he's just been released from quarantine after having his rabies shot. Mm. And we get some back to the glow where Matilda the Hun just wanted to eat raw meat. <laughs> 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 oh god descending into <laughs> chaos <clears throat> oh but it gets even more chaotic because we get <laughs> we get the equivalent of a chihuahua farting I think it's supposed to be some sort of howling on, before the entrance music kicks in for Mad Dog <laughs> chihuahua <laughs> farting in the house <laughs> <laughs> and we get some generic rock music kicking in the lighting's so bad you can't even see uh, Mad Dog and uh, Linsky before they're at ringside. Um, mm-hmm. I did notice it's a very small ring. I don't know if that's just me that, that no, thought that. Or... That, uh, that was it. Uh, I thought it was a twelve foot, but it might have pushed to a fourteen. Purely down to the send off from corner to corner. I was like, it must be a fourteen. Yeah, it was very very dinky. Fair enough. Uh, credit to Phil Powers uh, when he was announced, he got a decent pop. And the entrance way at this point, I realised it looked like something that was that could have been a part of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a BBC TV show set. <laughs> I thought it was great. I genuinely the entrance door. I, I need more shows where they've got an entrance door that's the slight. Even if it's two two young lads that are starting in wrestling, and someone goes, "You take the left door, you take the right door." When the wrestler comes in, you open them together <laughs> and you close yeah. them together. This should have respect. How could you swooshing noise? <laughs> you do a good swoosh, you can let the wrestlers in. <laughs> and naturally, Phil Powers is coming out to I've Got the Power by Snap. Licensed music, we don't get this on the network. Mm. No, we don't. Or in New Japan. Uh, one of the commentators, I didn't bother uh, to figure out which one, pulls, in, pulls out some... Uh, some some commentary that I couldn't quite make out what he was saying. I'm going to say that he said, stop pissing about, get in there and get stuck in. But I think he I think he actually said something that was slightly more homophobic. Oh. Which, uh, the late 90s, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there we are. But uh, <laughs> Powers is running around the ring. He gets in over the top rope. He's fired up. Uh, he's quite obviously the the you know the big the big baby face, and then he just eats a clothesline from the Mad Dog. Uh, sorry, I, was, oh, I fucked up one of my own jokes there. I was going to call him Mad Dog the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all right. We get another joke in commentary because um, Powers does a swinging neck breaker, and Ross Gordon calls it a slapping neck breaker. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The commentary was. Um, Inaccurate, quite often. <laughs> do you know there's there's not many wrestlers that do the Prince Nas entrance anymore. So I was quite quite fond of somebody leaping in and doing the the Prince Nazim over the top straight to feet. I don't know, did uh, Amir Jordan do it? 
Oh no, he, he came through the rope and then he'll be oh. he, yeah, he does the diving roll through the Yeah. I try that and just whack my ghoulies. I'll try that and knock the ring over. Mm. <laughs> no rotation, no jump, no no vertical leap, just chunking right into it. Oh, 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 this we're definitely gonna discuss the vertical leap on this show. Fucking <laughs> hell. So come on then, Nash, we've been we've been skirting around it. What did you make of Mad Dog? <laughs> Mad Dog from Castleford. Well, what a guy. Somebody has genuinely said to Mad Dog, see this picture? This is Kevin Nash. You look like Kevin Nash. You you are Kevin Nash. I want you to go out there and be Kevin Nash. And, and Mad was, Dog... And he was has, barely Kevin Webster. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Dog's gone out and gone, who's fucking Kevin Nash? <laughs> no, I, like, I'm not the greatest wrestler on the planet. And it would be rude of me to comment on another performer's in-ring ability. But that rope running, that sequence where there was the up and over and the leaping and the the clothesline and, oh, my God. Do you remember the last time I was on this podcast and I said it was like the greatest trainee show ever and the, the, <laughs> the heart and soul was there? Big dick training energy, I believe you called it. <laughs> Big dick training energy. Oh, my dog was like, I'm going to fucking do this. Watch me smash this. Oh, and it, yeah. Um, it, gave me, it gave me a warm heart feeling watching. I was like, <laughs> he's just happy to be there. And, and Paul, what's his, what's his face, his opponent? Phil Powers. Him as well. <laughs> Phil Powers. <laughs> Was constantly, uh, that's my floodlight going off. Hello, blind and a smile friend. <laughs> the aliens have come for Nash. He's <laughs> off back to his own planet. <laughs> it's time for me to leave to my home planet. Yeah, Phil Powers was, uh, he was all gas and energy. I loved it. He was extremely excited. It was like a debut at, at the most, the biggest company you want to work for. You've got that. There you are. And he was all super energized. <laughs> Mad dog <laughs> was just ready to go. Can we get this finished? Because my chicken's like cold in me in my tub bit back and I need to eat it because I need to maintain the gains. <laughs> Let's just crack on with this and get it sorted. It's the late 90s. I've got a bottle of Mad Dog 2022. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm going for a sponsorship. <laughs> I but, asked if I could bring the bottle out, but they said no. But I was like, but think about it, it's mad dog. Mm. <sighs> the <sighs> I think I think that says a lot um, without saying no, it's, anything. It's it's more uh, there's a there's a there's a, a point in the match where Phil Powers leaps off the top. A mad dog was elsewhere. It definitely was elsewhere because <laughs> when Phil leapt, I was like, ooh, and it landed, and I went, ooh, <laughs> and then Phil's legitimately grabbed him and gone, okay, roll up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was that was that that was that was going into the finish, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, where I think we had, we had a really this whole match was about as long as the opening gobshiting. Um, I think. You know, I, I thought there was going to be interference, and then the interference. I thought Mick McManus was going to come out and go, right, you, you, 
we'll settle this at the end of the show. <laughs> These two versus you two because you're not going to co- cohesively yeah, work yeah, together. Yeah. So we'll out. Yeah. Let me hold on a minute, player. I'm Mick McManus. <laughs> Y'all go one-on-one with The Undertaker when you're doing a triple tag team match and we're going to do it for the strap. Oh, Why didn't you? Oh, God, you turned into Bill Cosby then. Without that, yeah, <laughs> it's the and the bopping and the, the flipping and the flopping and then the, the small package and the one, two, three. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> we, we got Linsky interfering, uh, distracting the referee. With um, a different haircut. Yep, yeah. uh, Mad Dog hit a, hit a big German suplex, which looked like he was trying to throw Powers out of the ring. Drop the leg, drops the leg, Powers fights out. There's stuff happening, um, and then. <laughs> It's when he snapped, I think Power snapped Mayor's mad dog, kicks him in the spine, goes up top, goes for some sort of flipping dive. Um, and Mad Dog's just nowhere. <laughs> like you say, I couldn't tell it. Obviously, my untrained eye, I don't know what's a fuck up half the time and what's not. But it looked it looked like a fuck up to me. Well, like when he gave him the, the clothesline to begin with, but then put him in a submission. And Phil Power's head was underneath the bottom rope, and I was like, "Oh, oh God, yeah, I forgot about that." Yeah, Mad Dog put him in a version of a sharpshooter, <laughs> and, appa- and apparently there are no rope breaks in the UWA until the ref remembers. <laughs> what, what, what they desperately needed in that match was someone like you, Wing Commander, who will teach the referee how to referee mid-match. <laughs> Listen, there's somebody on this show that is probably my basis for how I wrestle because when I first saw him, I was like. And that's where I get my in-ring style from without realising. Mm. Yeah, the, the the submission move, and he's all giving it there. Ah, I'm not going to tap, I'm not going to tap. I'm like, bro, you're half under the rope. The referee's eyeballing you. You could literally, you can't see this, apologies again, but Phil could have just rested his forehead on the bottom rope. <laughs> he, was <laughs> he, pra- he, was, he was practically shaking hands with front rope. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'll sign that for you. I'll sign that for you. Yeah, maybe the sharpshooter well hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it's proper. Uh, I swear, I've got, I've got three t-shirts left for sale. If you just come back at show and at show, I'll sell you it free for a quid. But yeah, because he gave him the the submission and then he let go of it and I was like, oh, he's the big man. But that suplex <laughs> was like. Yo, tell your legs to catch the rope on the way in. Oh. <laughs> oh. But we, we get the end where Mad Dog goes for a suplex after Powers had hit uh, Mr. Flip and Powers gets a, a cheeky roll up <laughs> for the three. And that was, I just put that it was really fucking quick and it felt disjointed, but the, the crowd sounded and looked pretty into it. Oh, the whole building was up for it all. I don't know where that that crowd were just like they've clearly not been to a live event for a long time. They've just seen that and they've just they're locked in. And I, I, it was quite nice to hear how how good they were for for the wrestlers. I, I was quite jealous because I've been to some venues where is it just me or is it the vibe? What is it? But to hear we've, that, I was we've, like, we've all been to Southside and Sheffield. <laughs> I am. They didn't book me because I'm shit. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, It's okay. I cry on an evening. It's fine. But it's true, though. I've been been to Southside in the afternoon show where they used to do the double headers. Mm -hmm. The afternoon show, for some reason, no matter what anybody did, there was some really good shit going on and really insane. And there's loads of them just sat there like that. Zombie just gay wrestling. Yeah, it's... um... Yeah, I think that's that's the it's it's a weird vibe, is that? I think we the, the we had the rise show way up north recently, and the crowd were 
a mixed bag. I mean, a lady genuinely shook her titties at me, so I was definitely fine. I, I was I was happy. I was like, well, at least there's one person in this room that's acknowledged that I'm here. Wasn't super grand, was it? No, no. <laughs> but I did have another man's hand in between my legs and protect, and I said, look at my massive tattooed dick. So that's <laughs> probably what that was. <laughs> but then, but then my opponent Isaac North then proceeded to drill me through the middle of the ring, and I regretted everything. But the, it's it's weird hearing a crowd ready and just enjoying a show is is one of the best things especially if you're watching a show so whether mad dog 2020 was going to take the finish of uh houston hangover or a harlem hangover or whatever booker t used to do back in the day and went no bollocks to that my hair's too pretty <laughs> i'll just let him <laughs> i'll let him break his ass on the way in uh yeah yeah mad dog oh yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've, at the moment while the, the show has been on i've yet to recognize Anybody apart from Linsky, uh, a young Doug Williams, and uh, a younger Johnny Storm. Everybody else, I'm very unsure of at the moment. Very unsure. Well, there's Alex Shane on commentary, but just going back to when Dan said, is it Kevin Nash or uh, Kevin Webster? Uh, <laughs> on, on, my, on my way to work, I used to drive past this house, and it used to have this big banner about this cheese company that these people had. And then, and then at one point, they'd put up that there was a celebrity cheese and like for weeks it was celebrity cheese coming and it turned out to be a Kevin Webster cheese. <laughs> but this is about the period when there was a bit of scandal about him. So they whipped the sign down really quickly. <laughs> can, can you imagine? Oh, would you like a toaster tonight, darling? I've got some Kevin Webster in the fridge. Oh. <laughs> Oh, he scraped it off part of himself. I won't say which, but... Oh, <laughs> it's elemental, darling. It's elemental, trust me. So what did you think of the match, Rob? Well, I never had the cheese, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> I said the match, not the cheese. I don't know. I, I think that cock-up might have been the Samoa Joe thing where, you know, someone comes off the top rope and he just walks away nonchalantly. You know, I'm mm. going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. I don't, I don't know. Might, might be being uh, too optimistic on that one. It, it was a short match, as most of these matches are. Bit of a weird ending. I thought there'd be, um, uh, as you said, Nash, uh, a bit of a, a run-in with the whole Powers-Linsky thing that they built up and, and then just nothing happened. But, yeah. you know, at, at least wrestling's back on TV, technically. This is it. <laughs> it, 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 it. You're giving them something and you're taking it away at the same time, but they don't know. <laughs> After the match, we cut back to uh, cut backstage to Jamila interviewing. Uh, I think it was Paul Sloan, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, asks him uh, what he makes of his mentor winning the fight, and <laughs> we 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 got a sentence uh, of sorts. It was uh, what a result he beat the Mad Dog. He's done really well with that. Give it his best. He's won. Hopefully, after he taught me, I can have a win today and do my best. I think if you do if you do the other one first, the, the first thing you said might happen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the best thing I can say is after that opening segment, it was mercifully short. Mm. Yeah, it, it, that go for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I beat the he's got beat the bad guy. I'm going to be the good guy. I'm going to kiss the babies, and I'm going to raise me hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All while giving Steve Linsky a look into his future haircut. That was. Uh, I'll never look at that man the same again now. <laughs> yeah, it's like I say, it was mercifully short, but oh shit, here we go again. 
It's Balinka. Take a drinker. Is there only beer left there? Uh, And when you say there's only beer left there, you mean in in Copenhagen where it's brewing? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You damn Balinka that much. Look, listen, you say that right. I've drove past the Carlsberg factory down in Nottingham and it smells. (laughs) (laughs) So we cut back to Dan Balinka in the editing suite. Uh, and he, he goes all Captain Obvious. <laughs> a happy Paul Sloan there, congratulating his mentor, Phil Powers. <laughs> Later on, we'll see how Paul Sloan himself gets on against Johnny Storm, who is yet another athlete rumoured to have signed up to, <laughs> to wrestle under the Steve Linsky banner. Plus Tiger Mask <laughs> and Jason, Jason Cross battle for the vacant MPW British Commonwealth Junior Heavyweight Championship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, the tiny girls will be here along with the awesome Death Squad, which is a really worrying pairing when you say it like that. Yeah. <laughs> we see a clip uh, from later on the show. Papa T makes a short stroll around the ring. But up, next, <laughs> <laughs> but up next, we hear from UWHM and Mick McManus. And then the highlight of the show so far, we get an ad break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. see the glory. The English. The glory. That is Darth Vader cleaning a toilet promoting Star Wars Day on the 20th of May. <laughs> Humming the Imperial March while scrubbing the bowl. I was just like, this is heavenly. Why is this not on Disney Plus? With we live TV spelt wrong on live TV. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> oh. Phil from Accounts just chilling out on a Thursday night scrubbing toilet. And wife's like, what are you doing? Scrubbing off the dark order from the back of the bull. Turds, 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 Well, they they could have sprayed some live TV perfume to get rid of the smell. Oh, which was the next thing we got. Oh, I bet that smells like a sexual health clinic. Oh, it's like we found a bottle of bleach. And we've also found some chamomile lotion. We're going to bottle it together and sell it. If they call between 12 and 1 at night, or in the morning, sorry, then get a free poster of Phil Powers from the UWA. You are. It's Phil the Power Taylor. All right. Either way. Um, we get an advert for a 24-hour car sale line if you can't get credit. Presented by Kate Thornton. It's for Motor Finance Direct. And she, she played the person who was the spokesperson for the company, the person who was the representative in the call centre for the company, and the customer. Showing her range. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, he's got a massive crush on her. Yeah. But the people that they blend to, they were like, you know, if you can't get credit, if you've got CCJs, mortgage arrears, council tax problems in inverted <laughs> poor credit score or no credit history at all you know it's like this this is ultimate 90s um, advertising and then we get an advert for sportinglife.com well just before that we get macron credits so oh yes pairing yes. paired credit for the people who've taken out the motor finance direct And then we get an advert that I... We get the sportinglife.com advert. That's not his name, Dan. 
they, they went the whole thing. It was HTTP colon slash slash www.sportin-life.com is what it was called. <laughs> but then we get the Chelsea Building Society advert with the, uh, the group of people sat at some form of bar or maybe coffee shop just talking shit about something. And the only bit I ever remember for, from this thing, because they'll talk about how to get like 1,500 quid or whatever. And, you know, nobody gives that kind of money away. And there's one guy at the bar, I just always remember the house going, they've got an absolute certainty, 3.30 at Kempton. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why that stuck in my head, but that Chelsea Building Society advert has lived in my brain all those years for this very moment. Whoa. It's that whole line at the end of it where it says, run by people like you for people like you. Easy for you to say. Mm. Yeah. But <laughs> are people like me the sort of people who get taken over by the Yorkshire Building Society because they've gone bust? Also, I don't want people with that kind of responsibility who are like me because they'll fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Run by people like you for you, but have you seen me? <laughs> I am a twat. <laughs> only they could have seen into the future. Oh, if only there was a way. And I don't think the next advert could help because that was all about getting your end away with the mystical tarot hotline. I love it. Oh, wow. Call now. Find out what your future entails. I as, we, as we use this obviously reversed footage of somebody dealing cards. <laughs> oh, do you remember Mystic Meg? What happened? Is she still, is she, she's still alive? What happened to Mystic Meg? Let's have a look. Because... Apparently, we don't want to talk about the rest of the show, and I'm fine with that. <laughs> Mystic this, Meg. This hey, felt like the question mark promos they used to wear, run on NWA, this uh, Mystic Tarot thing. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, uh, she, whoa, whoa. Margaret Ann Lake is still alive at 79, and she lives in Accrington. Oh, that's a shame. She's still doing weekly. She's still doing horoscopes for uh, for the sun. Blech. Blech. Ooh, by the sun. Septic peg. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what my granddad used to call her. Mm. <laughs> looking, looking at you through your TV, your, your 23-inch CRTV, and she's like, oh, what does my future hold for you? Look now when you buy this newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking the late 90s, man. Oh, my word. And then we get an advert for Judge Judy. That aged me, like... Mm, so we put it this my child my first was born in 2001 and judge judy has been telling people off since before then (laughs) 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 i was like no way this has got to be a a weird advert that's been chucked in as like oh no this is like it's when, you really, it's, when you real, it's when you realise we're closer to 2050 than we are to 1990. <clears throat> I saw that, and the, the grey hairs that I currently have just went... <clears throat> I was like, I know, mate, I'm over it myself now. We'll, we'll deal with this in his own way. And I just went... I'm sheltered, man, it's okay. Just... Ladies and gentlemen, if you can get five minutes to yourself, just think, the year you were born, how far away was that? Then multiply that, and how far forward is that? Now you feel sad. Welcome to my world. <laughs> um, so that was easily the best thing to have happened so far on this show, was the adverts. Uh, for my money, anyway. And then, 
He's back. <laughs> Belinka here. Um, throw back to that WrestleMania where Paige kept showing up. And he welcomes us back to UWA Wrestling Rampage. In a moment, we'll see Death Squad take on Too Far Gone in tag team action. But right now, it's time to get back to the Crystal Palace Indoor Arena, where earlier on, fans had the opportunity to see and hear a living legend. And we cut back to the arena and the uh, the sci-fi opening doors that sadly didn't make a whoosh noise. Oh, maybe they did, but the crowd was so hot you couldn't hear it. It was a, it was a good ovation for, uh, for Mick McManus. Alex Shane said Mick McManus was godlike. It was Alex Shane who was doing the announcing. No, Alex Shane wasn't the announcer. Alex Shane was... Uh, they said... What was the oh, was he one of the commentators? I didn't actually recognise his voice. It was Ross Gordon and... What did they bloody well call it? Steve Morgan was uh, Alex Shane. Oh, right, OK. Wondered why I kept tuning out. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Those immaculate eyebrows of his. <laughs> anyway, Mr Eccleston Spence, who's doing the ring announcing... <laughs> Asks Mick McManus if he'd like to say hello to his adoring fans. He welcomes everybody to the show. Says it's nice to see some of the old faces that he used to see years ago. Uh, hopes they're going to have a good evening's entertainment. Um, ex- gets asked to explain his chairman role. Um, it, it, it was kind of like they were doing a socially distanced interview. Yes. <laughs> they were, uh, in that regard, very ahead of the time. <laughs> Forward thinking. So Mick McManus explains if anybody's got any moans to go to him, if the wrestlers have got a disagreement oh, no. with somebody... The promoters, I was like, the promoters? Hello, Flashlight. How many promoters are working this show? Is that if any of the promoters have got a come speak to me? <laughs> it's, the ulti- it's the ultimate wrestling alliance, so maybe it was meant to be like a global version of the NWA. Oh, my God, I didn't even take that into account. What a peen ass. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's true. I have pulled that out of my ass. Can you imagine how many promoters have gone, look, I promise I can PayPal them. Yeah, just make them do the shout a day. I'll make the money. I'll give him a PayPal, yeah, two to three weeks, six months. I mean, you did work Blackpool, didn't you, two years ago? Yeah, I said I'd PayPal you, but I did PayPal you, did I, pal? Yeah, last week. Mission <laughs> oh, Oaks prodded that. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just have visions of Mick McManus. <laughs> just sat down going, I've got some talent here. I've got some promoters here. There's a fan there. Is that a fan? No, that's Mad Dog. I've got Mad Dog. <laughs> He's got issues. He's not happy. All right. Okay, we'll sort this out, lads. Best of three Mad rounds. <laughs> Mad Dog's just chewed the edge of my desk and pissed in the bed. <laughs> well, it's not we'll sort this out. Because Mick McManus says, whatever I say, that goes, my word is law. Law. With the pointing. <laughs> but it was, it was the best promo we've had so far. Oh, I, just, I, just, yeah, I, lo- I love, I love... A, a, a high regal esque gentleman just basically going, oh. <laughs> you <laughs> you've been telt. <laughs> well, then we get we get double McManus because the cut out the cut to the outside of the Crystal Palace indoor arena, and uh, he's outside outside saying about the about the show they're going to be so we're going to be seeing some exciting magi- uh, matches, seeing some new faces. Obviously, it's going to be some exciting bouts. Whole production's going to be largely different to the old days. And it's a whole new ball game. Understands there's a whole bunch of new fellows coming through, and it, the video shows us the roster. Uh, goes on to list various physical attributes, basically just saying that some are small, some are big. Uh, yeah, some are mobile. 
<laughs> then he goes on and says that, that wrestling hasn't really changed over the years. You can go back to the ancient Greeks and Romans and it's exactly the same. It's like just, we've got this brand new product that we're trying to present as something new and fresh and Mick McManus comes in and just shits on it. It's like Windows, but it's Windows 95, but it's also Windows 10. It's... Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the basics of it haven't really changed. It's still an operating system. It's just a bit more flamboyant. But oh the basics never change in wrestling or in, uh, or in operating systems. <laughs> yeah. And, and Belinka's back. Yeah, he is. Swig. Uh, Mick McManus <laughs> he, he decides to introduce us to Mick McManus again saying Mick McManus the no-nonsense UWA chairman thank you Captain fucking Belinking obvious um, <laughs> and one of McManus's first official acts has been to determine which athletes will get a chance to compete in the 10-man winner stays on tournament for the UWA television title <gasps> <sighs> is, it, is it a game of the pool where the winner stays on <laughs> yeah <laughs> And we'll get the we'll get the full list of competitors later on. But right now we're going back to ringside for tag team action as too far gone face the terrifying death squad. I fucking love this. <laughs> so the death squad are Iron Duke Lynch and Mark Myers. Uh, there were no links at no links at all on cage match for the death squad. And all I could find on the Iron Duke was that he wrestled for All Star in nineteen ninety four. And I suspect he may be Ragnar's dad. Well, I did wonder, because you teased that you had a story about someone we were going to cover on an upcoming episode, and I'm too tight to pay it, but there was an article on The Independent about him being at Giant Haystack's funeral, so I thought there's some shit that's gone down there, but I'm not paying to... No, no, my story comes up later. Oh. But you can see the resemblance, can't you, Nash, with Iron Duke, Lynch, and... Yeah, which is... Now got my mind going into over. He loved flicking his head at like that. It can't be Ragnar. But can it? I don't know how old Ragnar is. And he looks taller. Mm, Yeah, but. Does I enjoy flinch? Yeah, but but he's not in six six inch heels. <laughs> have, you, have you got his number? Text him. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to. I was just saying. No, because I'll, I'll end up fucking video calling him while I'm here. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> just but, got a question. Uh, who's your daddy? Who, who's your daddy? <laughs> oh, that reminds me. If fucking Shreddy keeps piping on about, oh, who's your daddy? I started that fucking chant, dickhead, right? <laughs> Don't come in here and giving people a shitty F5 and shouting who's the daddy just because you're brown and tanned and muscly. I think you're all grand, right? I started who's your daddy, Shreddy. I'll fucking blend you and turn you into a into a smoothie, dickhead. <laughs> so, that's that's, uh, that, that, so that's Wing Commander Nash t- uh, challenging Shreddy to a who's your daddy smoothie. Uh, uh, sorry, that was Miles' dad who just randomly run into my conservatory and then fucked off. <laughs> I'm gonna clip. I'm gonna clip that and, uh, and put it online as Miles' dad shoots on Shreddy. <laughs> See you, fucking Shreddy. You fucking Shreddy. I'll fucking wrap this Pokemon chain around your fucking head. 
Yeah, I like Shreddy. Oh, well. need, you need to have a match at the uh, at the Crystal Palace Indoor Arena. Well, yeah, it's the car park of the Costa Coffee now. Uh, I'll see you down there, bro. <laughs> so the other team, too far gone. Uh, Paul Terrell and Steve Morocco. What a uh, name. Paul, yeah. Do you remember uh, you just look at your pal and go, what should we be called? Uh, should we be called uh, the bad men? No, 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 that shit. What, what about the the, the, the henches men on the street? No, no, that shit. What about, like, the the new age outlaw rockers? No, no, that's bollocks. And then they come up with that name. And you just... I thought you meant, I thought you just meant Steve Morocco, because I thought the thought process of that would be like, <laughs> well, I write like Don Morocco, but... <laughs> My name's Steve, but I'm always going to go to Morocco. <laughs> where, 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 have, where have you always wanted to visit? Tosser de Mar. Right, your new name is Dean Tosser. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Paul Tyrrell just went on to found a crisp company. <laughs> what But what legacy has got with those packaging? You know what I mean? Slight <laughs> like, like silver tinge with a white packet. Oh. But uh, again, I, I could find sod all on Steve Morocco, uh, except that this is listed as his debut match on Cage Match. But as we've seen from before, that means fuck all. Uh, Paul Turrell does have a, a page on the internet wrestling database on profightdb.com, but no match is listed. And this is also listed as his debut match on Cage Match. Although Wikipedia says that he has teamed with Phil Powers before this. Ah, so not so... much uh, to go on. Uh, Paul Turrell is actually still involved in wrestling, apparently. He's uh, coaching and possibly owning SOS Wrestling in Essex. I found an article, I think it was like a, a local Stoke newspaper, and it was saying that uh, in 2007, Steve Morocco was retiring after 16 years in the ring. So, oh. Oh, right. It could have been like um, mega uh, camp show wrestling, like never on TV or anywhere else. It could have mm. just been doing, the, doing the, the, the rounds at camps and being that person that doesn't get mentioned but is fluid and... Deep within the wrestling, just his name's not as big and grand. Or he could have been dressed in a mask as the UK Kane. Who knows? The UK. <laughs> <laughs> I found my <laughs> retirement gimmick. <laughs> Imagine oh, a, they... a Kane mask, but with a U, with, with like the black stripes across it, but with the red, the red instead of the red bits of Union Jack. Yeah, just... <laughs> and then like the Kane two thousand and two. Uh, singlet where it was the flames coming up, but instead of the flames, it's a Union Jack behind it, but you can still see the nipples. Oh, definitely, a hundred percent. And then and, and and the rubber gloves because I can't afford leather gloves. No, just one glove. Just watch just, just the one rubber glove. This is the what? This is the glove I use for my stubborn dishes at home. And then <laughs> rather than a, a really aggressive pyro, I just have two young boys come out and shake little shiny sparkles pom poms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just, just get a training out each corner with a with a football flare. <laughs> so, so does the UK? In, um, he's got a belief in big government rather than his libertarian American. <laughs> <laughs> just every show the UK comes out on, he has somebody dressed like Boris Johnson, and I put him in a headlock and punch him in the face. <laughs> Just, just never do a UK tribute to cute Kip in uh, TNA because you'd have to call it UKIP. <laughs> a clown dressed as Nigel Farage. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, somebody coming out in a Nigel Farage mask and getting the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be an over the top rope 30 man battle royal. I'm Nigel Farage. Please enter the ring. <laughs> <laughs> 
but back to the but, but we get the match in progress. Uh, oh shit! I recognise yeah. <laughs> Too Far Gone's music, and I'm pretty sure it was from FIFA '99, but I don't know what it was. Anyway, <laughs> the, then we get the most destructive tag team, the Death Squad, accompanied by the tiny girls. I couldn't find fuck all on them either, uh, but they come out to uh, they come out to Nirvana. Uh, mm. They went. Uh, they did what DDP couldn't do. <laughs> We get the, uh, the the commentary of the era where the uh, the commentators decide to morph into Jerry Lawler. Did, did um, you hear what the ring announcer said? He, he said, no, thankfully. The Death Squad had a completely incomprehensible weight, combined weight of 515 pounds. It's like you cannot comprehend what 515 pounds is. At this point, that was one of Yokozuna's turds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea that it's completely uncomprehensible. Well, I've got, I've got, I've got to be honest, right? Four hundred and fifty pounds. I've got you. I know what that looks like. Five hundred and five. Not a fucking clue. No, it's blown my mind. But um, <laughs> Death, Death Squad come out looking like uh, looking like one of Juice and Domino tagging with uh, a Brian Knobs knockoff. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> Oh, like I said, potentially Ragnar's dad. Um, <laughs> and he gets on the mic and he says he's driven a long way from Sheffield here to teach the Southern boys how to wrestle, he get, which gets a decent boo. Uh, and you'll have to excuse me, it's time to go to work. I love that thing, you know, about, you know, like Ric Flair's, um, you know, made a career out of pretending to be a jet flying, limousine riding, uh, you know, uh, Rolex wearing, Armani suits and all this sort of stuff. <laughs> and then, Duke Lynch turns up and he goes, we've driven a long way from Sheffield. <laughs> I'm, I'm a larder driving Sig Smokey. <laughs> My, night, nightclub mind sweeping. <laughs> Taking a piss on a corner while my van's got hazards on doing. <laughs> occasionally, occasionally underpants defecating. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh. Okay. laughs> It's not even a whippage. He, he goes all that, he gets himself out of and he just goes, <sighs> <laughs> and then he takes a swig of his pints, a drag of his cig, and another beer. <laughs> and then we get into the match, which is uh, not the uh, not the 45-minute technical classic you, you'd be led to expect. Oh. <laughs> and that, that's actually doing it a bit of disservice. It's just the, the, the matches on this show were so, so short. Yeah. It well, was uh, five matches and most of the show's adverts. Yeah. The, well, no, most of it's fucking Balinka. The, the live event must have lasted half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest has been Balinka and adverts. <laughs> We've got the venue for an hour, lads. Can we crack on? Get out of here. Yeah. Do some stuff. <laughs> no, I'm not playing them the Balinka clips to fall up. I can sleep. <laughs> <laughs> the, to be fair, I could have been booked on these shows because they only want quick, little things doing, job done. <laughs> I haven't got time for somebody who can work a match properly. they be like, Nash, get in here. You're on. <laughs> You've got three minutes. That's to the exact entrance. same reason your wife said you're still married. I know. I'm like <laughs> Chinese food, small but many portions. <laughs> and still hungry at the end of it. Oh, fuck. Oh. I'll, I'll, I'm not afraid to go ask her, you know. I'll, I'll go in there. I'll, I'll, right. Woman, I love making like Chinese food, small but plenty of portions. 
There you go. <laughs> we, couldn't, we couldn't hear anything. She confirmed with exactly. <laughs> so uh, if I ever end up single, know that this is a all-you-can-eat buffet of Chinese food. <laughs> but I stopped serving after nine. So there. There was, a, there was a, an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet in York that kept getting uh, kept getting shut kept getting shut down because of uh, health code violations. Oh, no, no, this is real. Uh, I, got, I, got, I got food poisoning there. Oh, we we went to uh, walk on in Leeds. It's no longer there. It's now a games workshop. But we once got some food there, and uh, the lady I was dining with happened to notice that some of the food was stacked a little bit too close to a particular wall, right next to the urinals. And after about an hour of eating said food, she went, my tummy doesn't feel very good. And we were in the middle of Leeds, so she went to the nearest toilet she could find. It happened to be in a Debenhams. And she shut that Debenhams toilet down because I had no idea what she had, but what came out, I heard, I smelt, she conquered, we left. <laughs> it, it, screamed, it screamed, Mother, why is she, is she flushed? <laughs> Apparently, a lady walked into the bathroom and coughed and went, Oh my God, and walked back out. <laughs> um, anyway, 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 this match. <laughs> and for anybody listening, drink every time I say, Anyway, this match. <laughs> Oh, Tangent City this week, I'm loving it. <laughs> so, yeah, it was uh, big nasty bastards versus uh, versus smaller fellas. Mm. As far as I could, uh, as far as I could see, did make me laugh. Uh, Terrell hit Sinenzaguri at one point and too far gone double drop kick, uh, uh, double drop kick the Duke out, mm-hmm. and uh, Ma- uh, Mark Myers comes in just to swat them both, uh, knocks one of them to the outside, and the tiny girls just decide to swat him as well. Again, no disqualifications because the ref forgot. There was uh, <laughs> Terrell tried at one point. Uh, Morocco has um, Myers with his sort of neck slash chest on the top rope, top rope, his shoulders. Terrell, Terrell goes for the um, it goes for sort of the leapfrog over the shoulders and just essentially tea bags. Tea bags. It said, "I was uh, oh my word when I saw the tea bag, and then the camera switched to the." Side. Angle and you could see him going. You just say back me. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't a Davy Blaze incident. Oh God! <laughs> oh my word! It was, it was that look on his face of them's were definitely bollocks. What just did back in my head? <laughs> it's like I've got his legs. It'd be right. Well, he lopped me. Boom! <laughs> I think that hurt you more than it hurt me, Squire. The, it, he, used to, he used to say that about Rob Cage in ICW when he used to teabag people. Bill, Billy Kirkwood says he's a sexual deviant, but at least he's our sexual deviant. <laughs> oh, oh that, that phrase in the context of a British wrestling promotion today. <laughs> I love Rob Cage. What a dude, I love him. Don't think I've ever seen him wrestle. Wakey, wakey. Oh, as if you weren't at the early rise then. No, I didn't get to rise until 2018. You missed out on Buffet Club. I did. I, I, mm. I think I, I think I started coming to rise a couple of shows after Buffet Club. Missed I missed out on it. I, I, I do not know any. I, I've never. I don't know who Uncle Bobby is. Never seen it. Never seen any footage. Listeners, let's spare a thought in a moment for uh, Dan, uh, who wasn't there for the Buffet Club. Uh, and missed out on some prime entertainment. If we just take a brief three seconds. One, two, three. And back to the podcast. <laughs> so, 
since me and Nash uh, chatted through most of the last match, Rob, what did you make of it? <laughs> it wasn't the best match in the world, was it? I, I don't think the Death Squad did enough to establish themselves as heels. I mean, just saying that you've driven from Sheffield doesn't really crack the nut. And <laughs> I turn up were Northern. Boo. <laughs> I don't think the tiny girls had been briefed on the fact that they should be heels because the, they were just walking around the ring waving to the crowd. Oh, they were loving life. They were, they were there to pose. <laughs> Yeah, t- tiny girls must pose. It's like Lex Luger in WCW. <laughs> the bastards went into business for themselves. <laughs> they, <did. laughs> they were just hoping they'd get on the darts, really, weren't they, at this point? <laughs> Maybe it was cross-promotion, and they were the, the, the top league darts players with their boobs out, and they've gone... We'll see. We'll get the regulars to check you out fully dressed to know that at nine o'clock you'll be back out there topless. Ooh. I don't know. I don't want to see Duke Lynch topless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I noted that the Sheffield Hammer, the, the finisher mm. from 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 the, whew, that lad's knees, that lad's knees. <laughs> it, it, well, the, the well, he, got, he, him, he got him in like a, a hammerlock, didn't he? And then just flipped him over. But it was the look he gave him. He was like, you can do it. I've given you permission. <laughs> and then he yeeted. Sorry, squeaky chair. Yeeted him. <laughs> I've, got in, I've got in my nose when it happened. The crowd are clapping because they don't have a fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> Again, it's just, it's, 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 it's all that trainee love, all that heart. How, how did it go, Dan? How do I describe them? Big, big dick trainee energy. There you go. <laughs> big dick trainee energy. <laughs> yeah, so... Oh, yeah, with that with that hammerlock-assisted moonsault yeet, <laughs> <laughs> the hammer Mark Myers uh, gets the uh, gets the pin. Another sharp match, and then we do get some heelish behaviour with uh, Myers choking uh, Cyril after the bell. <laughs> I'm laughing childishly at my own notes now because I've written Duke pulls him off. <laughs> <laughs> and Myers gets another stomping and guess who's back? Back again. Belinka's back. Don't tell your friends. I've just but, put the production truck man, stern yet fair and immovable eyebrows. And immovable tone of voice. <laughs> Up next, we will see the store opening and closing like a draw. Opening and closing, like my life. Oh, it was. Um, it's in that Father Ted Christmas special where they're lost in the lingerie section. <laughs> and it's like, who, who's got the most boring voice? I do, Father. You've got a terrible, <laughs> dreary, monotone voice. Ted, were you looking for somebody with a dramatic, booming voice? No, he was looking for somebody with a terribly boring voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, Belinka Drinker. The Sheffield Hammer gains another victory as the Death Squad begin their assault on the tag team tag team division. And he goes on to a long-winded explanation about how the uh, about how Death Squad wants a uh, an opportunity at the tag team titles, which I've not mentioned before and uh, won't again in this broadcast. Uh, UW officials are keeping the cards close to the chest. But there were no titles in the UWA at this point, you know. Yeah. Come on about the TV title in a, in a sec. That they haven't established them. So what on earth are they saying to Mitt McManus? Please make some tag team championships. Commission some tag team titles and give them to us because we is the bestest. Yeah. 
Well, but also, spoiler alert, we'll get angry about this later, but it's not even the UWA television title because later on it gets called the UWA title. Oh, but it's on television. So, You've got to give them that. Um, it's, it's te- technically on, te- on television. Te- technically, every, te- every title is a television title. And uh, it says he'll keep us posted. Brilliant. Cheers, Belinka. Lots more to come. As again, we get a, pro- a promo for Paul Sloan facing Wonder Kid Johnny Storm. Uh, but up next, it's Japanese sensation Tiger Mask in search of gold. And I'll give them one thing. They are punctuate. They're putting Paul Sloan versus Johnny Storm uh, throughout the show. They're peppering it out. They're, they're keeping yeah. reminding you what the main event is. And that is something. That, that, that is right to me, if you like. I can understand why they're doing that. Uh, you know, if you watch Raw these days, it feels very much like the show is presented as if nothing's planned. Mm. It's like, you know, matches happen on the fly and stuff, you know. This felt very ordered. We knew what it was going to be and they were working to the main event. So, you know, give them credit for that. Yeah, it's yeah one of the few things I... Uh, one of the few things I will give them credit for. <laughs> Nash is back just back in time to talk about... Another ad break. Oh fuck! Is this is is this the? Um, it's the, the second ad break. The one with the uh, the burglar alarm. May well be, but first up is the bangers and smash stock car racing. <laughs> Sorry, Rob, you were saying quality programming, and I feel a bit hungry, Dan. I could really go for some live TV beans on toast. Yeah. <laughs> I bet they're the type of beans that have the really, really thin tomato sauce that's more like juice. Yeah. Like yeah. Sad, I call them sad beans. We're going to have to organise a show. We're going to have to get Tank Abbott duck calls on there. We're going to have to get yeah. some live TV perfume, some live TV beans on beans. You know. the, the, best of Steve, the best of Steve-O buckering it better. <laughs> That's a genuine product that we will sell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but after this bangers and smash stock car racing, we have a very suggestive advert for Craftmatic adjustable beds. I'm going to undress my bed and show you all its equipment. This elegant-looking instrument is a Craftmatic Model One adjustable bed. Since Willie and I got our Craftmatic. We spend most of our time in the bedroom together. I enjoy the intimacy of relaxing and cuddling in the positions of our choice. Willie loves the bed's optional warm, comforting heat and stimulating built-in massage. I used to think you had to be older to enjoy an adjustable bed. Oh, darling, it's bedtime. Boy, was I wrong. Get a free Craftmatic catalogue, plus this free voucher, good for £200 off any Craftmatic Model 1 bed, free by post. To get your free catalogue and £200 off voucher, call now. This was glorious. Like I, until, this, until I saw this advert, I forgot that adjustable beds used to be a thing. Yeah, but it, you know, the, the woman's there saying, since Willie and I got a Craftmatic bed, we spent most of our time in the bedroom. Yeah, Willie. Willie loves the warming heat and sensual massage. It's <laughs> just short of a keyboard in uh, the background. I bet Willie does. <laughs> but it's the fact that you actually looked at those beds and they looked, they looked wrongly proportioned. You know, like when when you got your head on the pillars to the end of the bed, it looked too short. Yeah, it was a weird sort. It was a weird, just 
fucking weird bed. And then we get extra watch security systems. Fuck yes. I want one of these now. It puts you online to emergency services 24-7. Did you see the computers that were using at the emergency service stage? I mean, those were 1960s. I bet they had, like, tapes in the background. (laughs) (laughs) It looked like what they put in sci-fi films in the 60s. Yes. It was it was it was the no. worst per minute that the live staff when they take your emergency call. That man was writing a novel. It was like an our stuff at our call center. Just banging out them keys. Oh my god. And you get the personal attack alarm. 200, 250 quid. What a bargain. Well, a lot of money back then. The uh, back then. Just a break. <laughs> <laughs> this is my personal attack alarm. If you attack me, I will use it. <laughs> Being attacked, wallop. It's, it's basically just a paving stone that they've painted black, and then put an LED in it that's on a battery gun. And this, if anybody comes near you, if you just want to crack them with it, oh, does it come with a carry case? Yes, your handbag. Crack on. <laughs> just go, just go full. Was it baby doll who had the brick in the handbag back <laughs> in uh, back in Memphis? <laughs> Fucking hell. Am I getting that right? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but then we get an advert for Greyhound Racing. Which is you'll miss out on TV trainers, Dan. Oh, mm. bloody hell, I want a pair of them. They were like those new little trainers. I when I when I saw that, I had to rewind the advert just to double check that little didn't copyright their gimmick. I, I, like, reckon, oh. I reckon they just, I reckon little just bought the stock and repainted them. <laughs> I know people with those trainers. Don't make me send them a message telling them to get a scalpel out and just like slice the top layer <laughs> off to see if this is live. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's got a Hulk Hogan meat shoe compartment in it to heat oh. up your meat? <laughs> because what says breakfast more than sweaty bacon? <laughs> oh, that's reminded me I'm cooking a breakfast in the morning. Oh. I was going to say, what did sweaty bacon remind you of? Well, why I, why I, are your cook breakfast sweaty? No, I suggested that tomorrow we go for breakfast elsewhere for somebody else to cook for us because I feel lazy. And then I was informed that there was nine of the ten options for breakfast in the house. And I was like, oh, bollocks. So I bought the sausages today. Oh, so, oh you could have just found a Toby Carvery and gone for an all-you-can-eat. Bruh, bruh, bruh. No, because no, then I won't leave. And I have a show tomorrow. And the last thing I need is a belly full of Carvery breakfast to then probably get hit really hard and then just explode at both ends. And <laughs> just, just no, not. You, you don't, you don't need a, you don't need a body slam shot in your life. <laughs> I don't need to like ruin a kid's life in the front row. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that? Have you seen that video that was rocking around a while back? And it was this some like dog expert or vet, someone just like <laughs> just sort of kneels down by this dog and says, "See here, see here, she's really bloated." Like presses on the dog's stomach and just the dog just explodes with shit all over it. Why would you put yourself in the firing line? But now I've got that image of you doing that, unleashing a torrent of shit. And then, you know, in, in like old cartoons where someone would blow up in somebody's face and the silhouette of them would just be perfectly outlined. <laughs> the, the little, worst... Timmy, little Timmy sat there and he just starts crying and runs off. And there's just a perfect outline of his head and shoulders. Well, what, if, what if little Timmy's just like, it hits him and he goes, yay! And he just gets really <laughs> excited because he's part of the show. And I'm like, oh, the worst I've ever done is I was pedigreed and I farted on the impact. And that, 
I, I, I questioned what had just gone off. I was like, I, I actually just farted really loud. And obviously, because it, it's a pedigree, so it's quite a loud manoeuvre as it is in the ring. But it was like, but, uh, <laughs> come, come back with bodies. <laughs> and then, if, if, anything, you, if anything, you contributed to your own downfall with that because you just propelled yourself faster into the mat. <laughs> I, I farted so hard that my balls hit that canvas so hard I technically became female for three seconds. <laughs> that, that's why they call me Fart Pancake Nuts. <laughs> call me Wing Commander because I don't know. I just fart when I fly. I, just, <laughs> I, just, I remember it's, doing it going, oh, I'm going to have to apologize to my opponent now because, like, He's gonna in, he's gonna inhale this because it's not exactly gonna go. Oh, I'll just leave the ring. He's <laughs> gonna chill inside, and it was a gauntlet match. And so I'd uh, <laughs> rock away, rock away. Lost, <laughs> left the ring. Legitimately walked out the front door that the punters were walking in rather than going to the back because <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <laughs> and then somebody that works for the WWE UK then came into the ring after me, and I was like, "Ha oh, oh, enjoy my parts." Awkward. <laughs> oh, the last advert is for Greyhound Racing, and this is the only. It's time not the last advert, Dan, because there's one after this for live oh, TV dog me. food. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! I, I didn't count that. <laughs> but it's Greyhound Racing, and it's the only time I'll imitate Jerry Lauren. Just go, puppies. There's doggies on the deli. And they're doing a zoomy zoom. Because they'd been eating live TV dog food. <laughs> and they were trying to find somewhere to shit. Thin beans. <laughs> they could have shot in the live TV trainers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's for Dog Night Live, which is like going to the dogs except in your living room. <laughs> that was and, edited so weird. Like it looked like somebody had fast forwarded a few scenes and then played it back again. Yeah, but. It's been a while, so naturally we've gone back to uh, uh, to uh, Irving Berlinka drink. I've just topped up my drink. I've got a novelty oversized bottle of Salt Air Hell's Bavarian style lager, which is a six percent. Mm. Very nice. I've uh, I finished the uh, the Panettone pastry stout, which was all right, a bit on the thin side, but not the worst thing I've ever drank. I'm drinking the uh, Choco Mint Shake one now, and I'm. I'm not impressed, sadly. It's not fun, but I've paid for it, so I'm drinking it. Then after that, I've got a Castles Triple Cream Milk Stout from New Zealand. And I'll be honest, I saw it was a stout, uh, but I mainly bought it because it's got a big eye crab on the can. That is a very big eye. Seduced by cab art, a can art, crab art. <laughs> <laughs> Seduced by crabs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I had to. Scratch that itch. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's what I meant to do. Okay. Um, <laughs> so we get welcome back to UWA Rampage again as we head into a championship match with a distinctly international flavour. Mm. And we get a brief, uh, well, no, not so brief history of Japanese wrestling. Uh, Japan has produced some of the most exciting wrestlers the world has ever seen. At this point, I have written in my notes, please shut up. So I will take a drink. <laughs> and we're introduced to Tiger Mask 4 from Michinoku Pro. Uh, the father athlete, the father athlete, the famed hood of the tiger, and proved himself worthy of such an offer through stiff competition. Goes on to talk about the original Tiger Mask wrestling dynamite kid. The original Tiger Mask was Sammy Lee in World of Sport. He did his really? excursion in Britain. Yeah. 
pardon. Fair enough. So when you say Sammy oh. Lee, I think of uh, I think of the footballer. No, you're thinking of Sammy Lee. No, I'm thinking of Sammy Lee, who's uh, always Sam Allardyce's uh, assistant manager. He played for Liverpool back. Uh, it must have been was it 60s or 70s? Sammy Lee. No, I, I know. Well, Sam Allardyce played for Huddersfield Town, so Huddersfield Town legend Sam Allardyce. <laughs> for fuck's sake! Anyway, back to Tiger Mask. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we, we we get assured that Tiger Mask versus Jason Cross will be a great contest in the noble tradition of Tiger Mask versus Dynamite Kid. We get a history of Jason Cross briefly, saying he's toured extensively in Europe and North America. And he's looking forward to visiting Japan. And that's got as much relevance as me saying, I'm also looking forward to visiting Japan. Um, <laughs> it's uh, this international experience that has, has led him to be given a shot at the vacant Michinoku Pro Wrestling British Commonwealth Junior Heavyweight title. Yes, Frank. I'll read verbatim from my notes for a second. The belt was declared vacant. I am losing the will to live after the previous champion was stripped of the title for failing to defend it within the allotted 60-day time limit. Oh, yeah. The dirt bike kid. The previous champion was the dirt bike kid. Fuck. Oh, dear me. I'm just imagining just a walking mullet. Well, he's someone who would very much have enjoyed the cycle lanes around Leeds. Obviously, Tiger Mask is keen to bring the title back to Japan, where it originated, and where it was once held by the legendary great Sasuke. Earlier, Tiger Mask had this to say. We get a short promo from Tiger Mask in Japanese. He throws a little jab and a a spinning kick that he doesn't have the room to fully extend. And at this (laughs) point... Well, he just doesn't, does he? He doesn't have the room no. there. It's a, he's, he's in a tiny little corner that's been made up to look like a dressing room. Beautifully intense promo, though. He could have seen, he could have been saying the worst things about that opponent, and we'd have been like, look at that in his native tongue. Flawless. It was glorious to hear that, wasn't it? No subtitles. We'll just take it. He called him a dickhead. Yeah. And then we cut back to Berlinka. <laughs> Drink. Who's, who's going to translate for us all? Tiger Mask there with a message for Jason Cross and again verbatim from my notes this could have been dubbed you fucks <laughs> um, the gist of which is undoubtedly Jason Cross is in for a hell of a match he could have been calling Jason Cross a cunt well uh, I, th- anyway, I think he was basically saying he was good but he was going to beat him was kind of the gist of it probably but it's funnier if you imagine he was just like swearing like a trooper and... <laughs> when I see you that ring I'm going to knock your fucking nose off your face you bastard <laughs> I'm going to kick in the nuts so hard they shoot out ear throats. <laughs> or rip your legs off and kick your own ass with them. <laughs> Never heard that one before. <laughs> um, and uh, we get informed that the match is going to be contested under Japanese rules and is officiated by Michinoku Pro's referee Ted Tanabe as we take you back to ringside. Now, I'm actually amazed that we didn't get a full in-depth explanation of what Japanese rules are. Yes. Um, I'm also very thankful. Because at this point, I'm so fucking sick of the linker. <laughs> I don't know you. I don't know how you guys felt, but he reminded me of the chap that used to present like traffic police programs on ITV. <laughs> Up next, this Vauxhall Amiga will be doing 62 miles an hour. But what happens if the brakes fail? <laughs> Our expert driver will show you what could happen at the worst moment. As he pumps the brake, the vehicle goes into a wild steer, and he's like, oh, shit, do I need to go for a sleep? This is like when you've eaten a Sunday dinner, and then you just think, 
oh, I could just double close my eyes for five minutes and I'm going to power nap, but then you sleep for five hours. He was those vibes. Those have you vibes. Ever, have you, have was it Alvin Stardust? <laughs> you're, you're, out, you're out of your tiny little minds on the uh, Green Cross Code advert. <laughs> <laughs> have either of you ever been on a speed awareness course? Uh, three. I've right. not because I've never been caught for speeding. <laughs> Guilty man <laughs> not, that I've not, not, not caught me yet. Not that he's, well, there's, but there's but in the 1990s when no one was looking, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Dan Belinka was turned down to do the voiceovers on the, uh, <laughs> on the speed awareness course videos because he was too boring. Oh, do you know, I, I had it recently where I had to do the course and I was like, cool, this is fine. And I thought it'd be clear. I was like, ooh, I'll take the course that starts at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning. Got yeah, assholed the night before. <laughs> drove I woke up. I w- <laughs> drove there. <laughs> All right, lads. Set the computer up 15 minutes beforehand, and I was. Oh, you, could, oh you, you could do it online, could you? Yeah, you can do it online. So basically, someone comes and goes, she goes, Hi, my name's, we'll say Tracy. Tracy, welcome to the class, everybody. Let's do a small introduction of who we are. Blah, blah, blah. All the conversation. Everybody is on a webcam. You have to have a webcam, otherwise you fail the course because they need to see that you're there paying attention. There was a woman sat on her bed, <laughs> well, laid on her bed with an iPad. <laughs> Did she drop iPad. it on her face? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's going, so what do you, when you're driving down the street and you see traffic lights, but there's more than two, what speed should you be doing? And then she'd go, Wing Commander Nash. And I'd be like, oh, it's it's a 30, because it's traffic lights. She'd go, very good. And she'd go, uh, Elizabeth, what about you? Fucking Elizabeth has got independent blinking going on. And you're thinking, oh, shit. And then the iPad dropped in the face. And you're like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, in three hours of my life, I'm not going to get back, but I've made so many friends that I've not spoke to since. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that's very good, Wing Commander Nash. Yes, I like That's a very good answer. I like how you thought about it. I was like, yeah, just hurry up this course because I want to have some breakfast and drink some coffee. We, we, got, we got asked on the one because I had to do it in person because it was in about 2015. And uh, they said, oh, you know, what are, the reasons, what are the reasons you speed? And I just went, I just looked at him and I just went, because I'm really impatient. <laughs> <laughs> and they just looked at me. This woman, this, this bloke, and this woman just had the look, this look on the face, and it was like, what? And all the, all, all the, the, the woman took the lead because this guy couldn't say anything. But we, we appreciate your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that wound me up the most is the day I had Gene at Rise, I was driving to Scarborough, right? And I was, I, was look, um, I was looking at the signs and I was going, oh, right, I'm there, I'm there. I'm, and I, I saw no signs. And they did me for 54 in a 50. And I was like, oh, okay. But there was no signs anywhere and there was no streetlights and all the other gimmick and all the other all the other bullshit involved. Yeah. So the fucking day I didn't win the fucking rise title, I got fucking speed awareness course. I had to pay a fucking fine of 80 quid, right? So Gene, <laughs> yeah, the fire burns within Gene, right? Because he... <laughs> I'm not only financially down, but I didn't bring a belt home. So know this, my pedigree chum. You're on thin fucking ice. <laughs> and we need to clip that of Nash shoots on Gene and challenges him to a speed awareness course on a pole match. 
We'll have no yeah. pedigree chum on this show. It's all live TV dog food. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Are you, my friend, on live TV dog food? <laughs> and I'll be greyhound racing you at 9pm. So Tiger Mask and Jason Cross. Yeah, sorry. Tiger Mask is a... Oh, Tiger Mask 4 was a pleasure to watch. An yes. absolute pleasure. A tyre well, on the entrance, just, oh, yes. At the same time, I believe, I, I'm assuming it's the same notes for all of you guys. The first thing, what the fuck is Tiger Mask doing on this show? Yeah. Well, my, my first notes was that Brexit had thrown up on Jason Cross. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. He was wearing tights that would give, give Margaret Thatcher a lady boner. They, they, they were they were patriotic and then some. Yeah, it was a bit much, wasn't it? But yeah, this is this is the same guy who I believe who's still playing Tiger Mask today. Uh, but this is only about four years into his career. Whoa! He's already been a middleweight champion in Michinoku Pro by uh, by this point. Uh, I did Drake. look around and I. No. No, I only said Michinoku Pro. But I will have a drink. <laughs> Uh, I couldn't find out how he ended up on the show, sadly. Jason Cross, by this point, is apparently, uh, according to his LinkedIn, because I did f- found him on LinkedIn, he's uh, debuted in 1989 as a wrestler, uh, and he's uh, actually apparently currently the uh, the head agent and trainer at WAW, if it's the same bloke. Wow. Uh, there's an American Jason Cross as well, so. Yeah, but it was the, uh, the Norwich-based WAW. All right. Um, so he's, he's working for the Knights. Uh, by this point, he's wrestled for All Star. He's wrestled for Oreg Williams in uh, the British Wrestling Federation, and he's also been uh, he's also apparently wrestled for Michinoku Pro already. So <laughs> all that looking forward to visiting Japan things total bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking lied. He's a fucking liar. He's the first person to get a UWA chant. <laughs> yeah, because his name won't oh. worth remembering. <laughs> But if he if he has already been over to me, you know, it could explain why Tiger Mask was willing to come over and uh, work this. But yeah, Cross comes out in his uh, in his Brexiteer gear to uh, mild enthusiasm <laughs> and commentary. Actually, I can't remember exactly what the commentary said, but they repeated something verbatim that Blinker had said previously. And it said so. Every everything Blinker said was fucking unnecessary because the commentary could have said it during the entrances. Oh, was, and then we get Tiger Mask looking resplendent. But also, then the color commentary, um, it was like, it was like, yeah, all the best wrestlers in the world wear a mask. And I was like, twenty twenty. Just listen. The, it was nice to hear the commentary guys tell every every move. So if you were if you were a budding wrestler wannabe. I was like, oh, is it in with such and such? Is it in with such and such? And that move right there is called a such and such. I miss that in commentary nowadays when you're watching any form of wrestling and they'll be like, it's no longer move for move explanation of stuff. It's just, it's them talking goes, oh, yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, well, I think that. And they go on their own tangent like us mm-hmm. on this. Oh, well, me. <laughs> and I, I like how uh, he'd explain, he'd call what the move was. And then say, and that's formed from this, and that came from this, and that's used in this guy, and that's yeah. used from this country. And that was quite nice to hear it. And other guy, which I can only assume was the bald chap with amazing eyebrows, was just talking up absolute shit. I just, 
I was like, I, I've listed lots of terrible mask banter from the dickhead. Because he was just, it was just, he goes, he put him in a headlock and he goes, oh, oh, that'll take his mask off. And I was like, oh, fuck off. I, I, I zoned out so much of the commentary. Mm. But when, when you say about them actually explaining the moves and what it's for and, and where it comes from and, and what it can lead to and how it will affect the opponent and all that. Mm. That's I do love that in commentary. That's what was going back to last week. Uh, the last one, sorry, Cron <laughs> time recording last week. Lucha Underground. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Striker on commentary is great at that sort of thing, and he's he's doing it for uh, Impact at the minute. For somebody who knows fuck all essentially, like myself, it's just saying. So I'm looking at I'm watching. It's going all right, yeah. So, but then you're getting told, oh, this is going to put pressure on it. So I'm like, ah, okay, it just it, it, it fucking helps. <laughs> It's nice to have a, an an audio based description of what's going on, like it's, because it's, it's a sporting presentation. Yeah, you're you're including so, so somebody that, that could just walk off the street and just watch something and see it, and they're describing something and they're going, oh, oh, okay. You send that person off a little bit more knowledgeable, so the next time you see it and somebody don't mention it, you go, oh, that's a plancher. So and so watched that. That's called the plancher, and I don't know why they call it a plancher, but he kind of mentioned it was this. It's those little things that used to do, like Vince back in the day when he'd it'd go full maneuver. Oh, just yeah, I, I like to be drawn in and have. It, it's almost like not being smartened up or all the other terms. It's you just you've been informed and there's a bit of intelligence behind it. Yeah. I very much enjoyed that um, they called out that Cross did a Frankensteiner because mm. what the hell has Hurricane R- uh, Ramirez ever done for wrestling? <laughs> anyway. Well, <laughs> 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 things I, I've, I've watched boxing for a lot of years. I've never actually been in a full-on boxing match. I've never been, you know, been, been in that environment and had a fight. So even now when I've been watching it for since. My dad used to put on videos of Mike Tyson when I was a when I was a nipper, you know, probably around you know earlier than this show. But even now to have that commentary and explain like, okay, so I can see what punches he's done. So oh, he's trying to set him up for that, or here's what he needs to do. He needs to go, you know, double up on the jab and shit like that. Yeah. It just it yeah you're you're right. It just really helps. It's nice it's rather than presentation. Yeah, because if you're watching something, you want you want to have an understanding of what's going on, don't you? You don't want to you don't want a, a, a different story. It's like, oh, reading my daughter a, a story, so she'll have a, a Disney book. You'll open the Disney book, but it also comes on a CD that you can put on, so somebody can technically tell the story. So you imagine I pick up the Little Mermaid and I open the first page and start reading the Little Mermaid to her, but then in the background she wants to have the music to accompany it, but she puts in Mulan. How? Mad is that situation if some commentary goes off to discuss something and you're trying to watch a match, but you're going, but what are they, why are they talking about this? And then you get that little distraction. So I see it as if I'm put, if I'm reading my daughter, The Little Mermaid, and then the CD is playing Little Mermaid vibe sounds and stuff like that, the experience for her is she's hearing it. And then as I read and turn the page and then next thing happens, she's getting an immersive experience. Whereas if, Two guys are knocking 50 shades of shit out of each other in the ring, and then all of a sudden they're discussing what they had for the commentary are talking about uh, the takeaway they had last night and what they're going to do this evening when they get home involving a foot spa. You're just thinking, it's it's that that takeaway from the experience. To expand on your analogy, it's like reading your 
Daughter of the Little Mermaid while you've got the Team America soundtrack on in the background. America. <laughs> and then looking in her eyes going, fuck yeah, here to save the motherfucking day. <laughs> and she's like, Dad, Ariel wouldn't say that though, would she? <laughs> like, you don't know what Ariel fucking says. She's not real. <laughs> I love that you've been drinking Denmark's greatest export, Carlsberg. Uh, all night, and now you're going for Denmark's greatest fairy tale, The Little Mermaid. <laughs> it's, it's like it, it's converted you. Yeah. Look, I like redheads and I like my consistency. <laughs> so, Tiger Mask versus Jason Cross. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Back at it again. When I make my notes, um, I try and note down as much as possible, and then I'll highlight you know, bits of the in-ring stuff or the commentary that I really liked. Mm. Uh, this is the first time on the show that I've highlighted stuff. From the uh, from the in ring, there was a bit where Tiger Mask uh, was just trying to whip, uh, cross was trying to whip into the corner. Tiger Mask reversed it. He did some weird like run up cross his chest. Um, there was the backdrop and drop kick. Cross went to the outside and we 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 saw a dive. Mm. Got a dive to the outside and it popped the crowd pretty bloody well. That went nice. <laughs> no, there was it was actually like uh, the first time we were given some wrestling with meat on the bone on the show. Yeah, that's, it, it, that's, that's it a great way to put it, actually, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a short and sweet, well, tune in next week to find out what Mad Dog 2020 is going to do. It was, this is going to be this. It, it, uh, yeah, just... It, it, still, it still wasn't the longest match in the world. No. Fortunately. But at least, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I came out of this match wanting more. Mm. Tiger Mask, we've got someone who's, you know, come to the Japanese system and gone on excursions to joint promotions. I mean, mm. is is there a better career path to, to go on to become a wrestler? Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to see. I think from from a wrestler's point of view, seeing how they were in the ring with each other and there was a little brief moment in between some moves, not to peel the curtain back because as I say I'm not a I'm not a legitimate pro. I can't confirm and deny everything and absolutely all things. But it was nice to see Tiger Mask in control. And you could see where he was in control of certain points. Uh, up and around certain stuff. So it was nice to see how calm and relaxed he looked to still come into it. And the drop kick spot that you mentioned that Tiger King mm. uh, Tiger Mask threw the drop kick. Tiger King, we got Joe Exotic. Yeah, he was like, "Hey, hey, get up on that top rope. You're gonna jump off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you in the Carol fucking Baskin." And he hit a drop kick, and the other lad just completely bollocks it up and dropped over. And he saw a Tiger Master then stood up and was just kind of like had a had a brief pause and then continued the match for it. So there was, from seeing it from a wrestler's brief knowledge side of things, you could see where he was like. I imagine Tiger Mask was probably going to chop the fuck out of him when he got to back for no reason. <laughs> it was like, is that your tit? Whack! <laughs> so there's, there's a couple of points that did that, but again, it was still beautiful. To, everything was... It, it, it was just nice to see. It was, a, it was a sweet little appetizer. And I thought the show was then going to start accelerating with the wrestling content from that point. I thought it was a, a brief build. And then we got to that point, and I thought it was going to escalate real quick. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. <laughs> Spoiler alert, the escalator fell apart and everybody went downhill. I, I mean, you know, we have to set expectations here. We're, you know, we're, we're running up to uh, when the news bonnet is going to be on. And 
<laughs> and the weather. You know. We've got we've got the news bunny and the and the small person on a trampoline <laughs> who can only give you the weather as far as Edinburgh because that's as far as it can reach. That's an alternate days. The other days they do the weather in Norwegian. <laughs> the, only, the only other thing to note in this match for me was um, Cross went to the top hit a, a pretty janky looking moonsault well sorry missed it Tiger Mask then goes to the top for something lands on his feet after Cross oh, was like, Tiger Mask went for a moonsault of his own Cross rolled away and uh, I think Cross hit like a set out powerbomb for two and that was uh, just uh, just before the finish Cross went to the second turnbuckle, dives, gets caught by a drop kick. Tiger Mask slams him and hits the moonsault for the three. Yeah. It was fun. And like I say, it left me wanting more. If if this was if this if this was the first episode and you're thinking, great, we're going to see more of Tiger Mask. You know, we're going to see more of Jason Cross if this becomes, you know, a series of matches or if we at least get a rematch, then brilliant. Yeah. Job, yeah, like job done. One of the problems the UWA had is that there's there was a big glut of people whose image of wrestling was Big Daddy versus Giant Haystacks, and it was very much stuck in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And it's how, you know, you have a large portion of the audience that have grown up with wrestling and would be happy to watch wrestling, but how do you bring that into the 1990s? Yeah, the the, the mm-hmm. commentary guy did a, a shitty thing when Tiger Mask came out because he said to him, he looks like he's come from a pantomime with the way he's dressed. And I, 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 oh, <laughs> I, yeah, thought, I, I did that, I crossed my arms and went, oh, you're bastard. That, 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 was, that was Alex Shane, you know. Oh, I mean, but it makes the guy sense. That's, yeah. It's a guy who's got immaculate fucking eyebrows. Just <laughs> painted up like a who's who owl. So, like I say, uh, for me, best match on the card so far, and I'd, I'd have loved to have seen them go longer, but mm. if this was going to lead to a rematch or a series of matches, I'd have been more than happy with it on, on almost any show. Yeah. And we're back to Belinka. Yeah. Swig for the working man. <laughs> uh, so, so the Tiger Mask returns to Japan, the new MPW British Commonwealth Junior Heavyweight Champion. Drink again. Oh, my word. Thankfully, I think that's the last uh, mention of the title. And next week, we'll see Michinoku Pro stable mate Gran Naniwa take on Kerry Cabrero. Oh, bro, Here. I chuckled greatly at this. Here's what hardest Naniwa... Hardest working man in Britain today. Not the hardest working man in British wrestling, the hardest working man in Britain. <laughs> what, what was said about that? Was that how you described Kerry Cabrero? Yeah, he said he was the hardest working man in Britain today, regardless <laughs> of industry. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Oh Jesus! And um, we see uh, Grand, we see Grand and he were backstage, and and he's got a manager there with him. He said he's introduced to the strongest, uh, strongest Grand and he were, cuts a promo in Japanese, and I was terrified because I thought that'd mean uh, more Belinka translating, uh, but <laughs> thankfully not. Uh, we get the manager saying that Grand and he was not only the strongest in Japan but strongest in the world, and we get more Belinka. No, that promo I just put. Big crab energy. (laughs) 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 Which 
His mask looked like a crab, though, didn't it? It was the flapping legs when he was going, and then jumping his head forward, and the legs were just swinging. I was like, fucking yes. This man is dialed in. He knows exactly what he wants. It made me want to go to, like, Whitby or Scarborough and get a whole dress crab and just scoff it away up. I would go 70 miles to Whitby just for one of them fucking masks. The last time we went to Whitby, we did, like, you know, the classic thing where you you know you walk up the the, the steps to the church mm-hmm. and then you know the whale bones and all this sort of stuff and got home and I, I was scrolling through Twitter and I was looking at Hurricane Shane Helms um, profile he was literally posting a picture 15 minutes after we'd been to everything he was what following f- us round Whitby and we never <laughs> saw him Stan. how random is that it's I know, it was Stan- like what the fuck <laughs> Oh, with my um, my stand wedding back, anniversary. Stand back, Rob's bringing you a hurricane. Fifteen minutes later, <laughs> he even went on the he even went on a like, we went on a boat tour around the harbour, and then like he wants to go on the next one after us. Was it the um the 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 pirate ship where they sing? Is that the one that you went on where the the sing shanties and stuff, and it takes you out to sea and then brings you back? No, it was just some oh. bloke. It's really cynical. <laughs> you fucked it. <laughs> my my wedding anniversary is on goth weekend the major goth weekend in whitby so all the hotels are booked so i have to pre-book in to try and get anything because it went terrible one year and we had to go to scarborough and it was shit and then we came back to whitby the day after so finally found a hotel and they agreed to let us book every year without fail so we were guaranteed a room gets to whitby all chilled i was like oh yes it's gonna be fun we'll have some fun la 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 i brought my son with me one year because time fell on it and we took him out on <laughs> an ocean adventure. So it was the James Cook, whatever it was on a boat. My son at the time was 13, had long hair and did just, yeah. And he stood and he went, this is the best thing in the world. While holding on to the front of the boat, the boat broke a wave and the wave went yeet right into his <laughs> mouth. <laughs> so, so as he's shouting, this is the best thing in the world. We just watched him get absolutely annihilated by English water for him to turn around and go (laughs) spitting out all the the turds that are floating down from Scarborough. Snot hanging out of his nose. (laughs) He was piss wet through and he went, oh, oh." I was like, oh, come sit down, child, it's fine. And I just looked at him and I looked at my wife and I just went, fucking hell. (laughs) And he spent the rest of the afternoon just piss wet through with Whitby water. He's like, oh, Dad, Dad, can we go somewhere? I get changed. Can you buy him some new clothes? I was like, no. Unless you want a wolf T-shirt from that shop, I ain't buying you nothing else. And he's like, oh, all right. Can I at least have some ice cream? I was like, yeah, of course you can, because you've just eaten fucking ocean water. It hit him so hard, like he had long hair, and it was down. And it, when it oh. up, finished, his hair was pinned back. <laughs> I can't wait for a masked. I can't wait. I can't wait for a masked wrestler to crop up with drawn-on tattoos and a mask and tiny pants, calling himself El Hijo de Nash. Scorn me in my later life. Well, he, he could he could tag with El Commando. I I know that child has no care for wrestling. I was like, you coming to watch show with me? I was like, no. I was like, why do I want to do that? I was like, oh, a bit of sass detected. Uh, but also, would again, you like some chips? Would you like some fries with it, child? 
<laughs> this boy also took his girlfriend, right, his current girlfriend, which, by the way, she decided to just introduce herself around at this house and walk around and be all ladylike. He took her on a small charter plane, Wing Commander, not included, for breakfast for a birthday. And I was like, are you for real? And he was like, oh, yeah, just a bit of breakfast. And I'm like, you're taking her for breakfast on a plane. Like, why aren't you putting your dad in early retirement and just letting me quit work now? There's just kids these days, they've just got no... Oh, no more, to the, more, to the, more to the point, right? Why aren't you paying you to be the pilot? Well, probably because he knows I disapprove of his girlfriend because I only found out about her after stalking his Instagram profile. I was I was shocked and ticked off, disgusted. <laughs> Yeah, but, but would you have made them wing walk? Um, is that is that the thing? <laughs> watch this. You think he's cool? Watch me now. I just I, it was weird. I was like, oh, he's got a girlfriend. <laughs> Not like I didn't expect it. I was like, oh, well, he's over twenty now. It's bound to happen. <laughs> Sorry, gentlemen. I've completely digressed because of I blame Dan for saying that fucking belt's name and making me drink loads. Well, we're back to we're, we're back to Belinka, so guess oh, what? Shit. Literally, when we cut when we cut back to Belinka, the first word in my notes is just simply says "fuck." <laughs> but he's there. He's saying, "We'll see how Kerry Cabrera can, uh, counters," and then he was deadly offense right here next week. And then he starts building up the uh, the ten man winner stays on the gauntlet match for the very first UWA title. And then calls it the United, the Ultimate Wrestling Alliance Television Championship. So I don't know if it's a TV title or a world title. All titles are on television, so technically every title is a TV title. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, ten men have been entered into this unique winner stays on Gauntlet match, which is technically just a fucking Gauntlet match. Names released by Mick McManus earlier on. They are Phil Powers, no surprise. Mm-hmm. Doug Williams, no surprise. Paul Sloan, Johnny Storm. Mad Dog McPhee, Kerry Cabrera, no surprise. Christopher Daniels, the fall of Angel. Uh, had, my head went... Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> this isn't, you know, the Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels triple threat match. This is, I'll be in WCW next year, Christopher Daniels, at this point. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> It confused me as much as Tiger Mask. <laughs> it, it, that's the problem. <laughs> that was not the problem. It's just it's just did not expect Christopher Daniels. Uh, then the other three are Big Papa T, Danny Royal, and Stevie Knight. One hundred percent British beef, Danny Royal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some of the some of these names. I'm sure one of the lads got announced as a train, basically, as powerful as yeah. a train. <laughs> Made me rethink how I should some, be announced. Uh, there were some unique, uh, unique introductions. <laughs> the next and, segment and, and is coming, absolute gold. And coming next to the ring, he he has the force of a thousand hurricanes and about seventeen annoyed steam locomotives. It's Wing Commander Nash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need like a little. A train choo-choo noise for choo-choo. Like I'm, 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 I'm basically thinking the uh, the start of the Thomas the Tank Engine uh, theme tune. Can I have the one with the Taurus B.I.G. rapping on it, please? Because that made me a little bit more edgy. 
Yes, you can. Uh, but anyway, we get we get the stipulation. Uh, the first two will enter after they've been assigned numbers in a random draw. And from that point on, it's winner stays on with elimination being by pinfall or being thrown over the top rope. So Oof. submissions count and count outs don't apply. My dog's uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, The Fallen Angel is from the US and the only non-British athlete that has been entered into the tournament, which is technically true. But we'll come to that. And uh, competing in the tournament was a condition of his signing to the UWA. Mm. Uh, he's going to be there next week against 100% British beef, Danny Royal. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't think he's 100%. I don't think 100%. I, I think there's some bones and cartilage in there. <laughs> and False advertising at his finest. <laughs> and then, then I'll, I'll, at this point, this is where I feel the link is going on too long because I've, got, I've put, oh God, no recaps. Why? So I will take a drink. Because <laughs> he mentions about Paul Sloan going on uh, against Johnny Storm. And then uh, earlier on, we saw Phil Powers victorious over Mad Dog, defeating the crazed K9 for fuck's sake. <laughs> <sighs> I, I just had to get that line in. It was terrible. Uh, up next, get ready for the man in the mask. Oh my God! And we see Big good. Papa T in his mask, walking, <laughs> walking past the news agents, swinging his arms from the elbows down the street past old ladies. There was a sign for Andrew's glass cutting. But <laughs> 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 lads, mm. but we sat through more of that just verbal diarrhea. It's an ad break. Mm. They kept me. They kept me going through this show. Oh, there's some brilliant ads. Uh, Judge Judy's on in 20 minutes. <laughs> or whatever it was. Live TV it, Beans. Soldiers. Yes, oh, yeah, Live TV, live TV Beans. Sad Beans. Uh, Can you imagine if somebody's a, got a tin of Live TV Beans in their cupboard and they just refuse to open it because it's a, 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 a relic now? I like to think there's a tin somewhere in a time capsule. <laughs> <laughs> We've like that the, was a, yeah, but that the weatherman's got got some <laughs> live TV beans. Live TV beans and his trampoline in a time capsule. Uh, they were a big thing in '99, were they? Turn of the new millennium, we were all doing time capsules. My school did one. It was fucking weird. Um, I, I buried anyway. a Lionel Thundercat toy. I was gutted. Twat. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Anyway, next, I'd up it. It's a blizzard. There's soldiers. There's one blanket. There's a stuck Land Rover. Who's who? It's a navigator. There's all these other things. Uh, Army, be the best. Spartanlife.com, <laughs> uh, again. And then we get some terrible green screen for Luke. This was worse than the AWA. Paper. This was worse than the AWA that aired 10 years previously. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and then we get a glorious claims direct ad with the most stereotypical lawyer you've ever seen <laughs> uh, I think that's where uh, Miles' dad got his start to be fair <laughs> to be fair talking about lawyers in wrestling someone on AEW Dynamite had a sign saying um, it was something al- along the lines of I want to hire Stephen New and Stephen New is a lawyer that sponsors MLW so it was like a, a, a name. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, I need to get some sand fine I mean, out, right? 
he's good, but he's no Clarence Mason. Oh. So the, the next stand up, we get the mystical tarot ad again, which was just as glorious second time round. And then we have uh, the second army ad, which was questioning your choices from the from the last one. Yeah, I didn't pay enough attention to make any choices. <laughs> don't know about you guys. Who would you give the blanket to? Well, I don't know, but I'd definitely uh, get the live TV trainers, you know. But this is the second time we've seen it. And <laughs> there's there's another advert in between, but then there's another advert for live TV trainers after it. There's a hot push going down. <laughs> hot push. The final advert that I noted down was something called No Tomorrow. And I couldn't quite get what it was. I didn't know if it was a horror, is it a drama, is it softcore porn? Who knows? But the, the thing is, it's on 6.30 tomorrow night, and it's saying, if an angel was to take you out of your life, what would you do? And the choices are, go to a strip club, go to a brothel, ask your crush out, get over your fear of snakes, get over your fear of buried alive, or settle an old score. I'd probably just go drinking. I'd make a sandwich. I'd probably go to a brothel. I've I've never been to a brothel. (laughs) I'd I'd go to a brothel, just see what crack were. There'd be plenty of cracks, I'm sure. There may also be plenty of crack. (laughs) (laughs) A, the services provided in England that people don't know about all the time, I tell them. Uh, but sadly, after the adverts, we are back in the world of Bullinker. Drink. Oh, shit. He welcomes us back and says, up next, one of the most bizarre athletes in the UWA, an amateur wrestling champion and ex-commando and former bodyguard to the president of the Congo. Fucking he's brilliant. Big Papa T, and he's the athlete that UWA officials have the most difficulty in finding opponents for. So we get Big Papa T versus Mark Sloan. So Mark Sloan, he started training in 1990. Apparently, it took five years before he debuted. And by 1999, he'd founded what would become the Frontier Wrestling Alliance. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, FWA founder, one of, one of the prominent promotions in the, the dark days, shall we say, of British wrestling. <laughs> um, but this is where my story comes in. Oh. And it's not for Sloan. It's, is it for, for Big, Big Papa, Papa T's T. manager, Rebecca? No, it's for Big Papa T. Because what they said about him being an amateur wrestling champion, an ex-commando, and a former bodyguard to the president of the Congo, is all true. Fuck off. Big Papa T was born Makazi Shikeva in uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo in 1960. And at that time in the Congo, wrestling was essentially considered a national sport. He inherited the, his love of wrestling from his father, who was a keen amateur wrestler. But he was also a decorated general in the Congolese army in the 60s and was a what? friend of Joseph Desiree Mobutu, who would go on to rule the country and actually rename the country Zaire. So Rumble in the Jungle, the Muhammad Ali George Foreman fight was held in, in Zaire. And this guy, Mobutu, ruled for uh, more than 30 years with Big Papa T's dad as one of his right-hand men. What the fuck? Oh, it, it get, this gets crazier. This is, this is literally real life being crazier than pro wrestling. In a bid to color, consolidate his power, Mobutu began a campaign to eliminate military officers who he deemed too powerful. 
1975, Mikhazy, Big Papati's uh, father, was poisoned uh, and died. In his late 20s, Mikhazy joined the Congolese army. And uh, he, was, he was already a, a good amateur wrestler. He, uh, he beat, uh, apparently beat one of the legendary names uh, in his native in his native country. He was considered the best wrestler. So he was really popular. And the, the story goes that he joined the army with a view to avenging his father. Oh, my um, God. It's like a film. He, he, he became an officer in the army and became a commando assigned to the president's private security detail. Fucking. Now, they, they knew exactly who he was. They knew who his father was and everything. But because of that, there were numerous attempts made on his life. Whoa. But because he was such a personality through his wrestling prowess... He was tipped off, and they never succeeded. He was the best wrestler in the army. He'd done this exhibition match against the prominent neighbour that I forgot to note down. And essentially, he didn't think much of the attempt on his life until his son was born. Oh, so uh, he, left, he left Democratic Republic of Congo in 1991 uh, and moved to London. And he, he found himself living in Tottenham. Within six months, and knowing very little English, he'd set up... A training school and was training 50 students in wrestling and basically you, you know how people say that you'll hear boxers say oh, boxing got me off the streets and, and stuff like that yeah, yeah yeah he was doing that but with wrestling it had made a and, packet as well with 50 students fuck and in 1995 mccarthy opened harringer wrestling club and gained a, his trainings gained a big reputation now harringer wrestling club wrestling club still exists oh. um, it, it's still open um, I found McCarthy's on uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> Again, there's a few. There's, there's a quote from him uh, here saying that people couldn't believe this because uh, you know brought in people from you know deprived backgrounds, or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Direct quote from people couldn't believe this group of black guys were beating all the other wrestlers who were white. People didn't think wrestling was for black people. What the fucking hell? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, he made his money and he pumped his own money back into it. And making sure that his wrestlers were paid for the fights. He worked, oh, night, he, 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 worked, he, he worked nights as a bouncer. And he was and he did extra work in films. Fuck. And he, then he started pro wrestling. He won um he, he won a belt in a promotion called the American Wrestling Federation. And he won their title. The most high profile person to hold that American Wrestling Federation championship was Randy Savage. What? So this was the story I wanted to tell, because I can't believe it's not more well known. Oh my god, that's that is proper beyond what wrestling is. That that is. That, oh my word. That, that that like you said that that could be a movie. Mm. That is awesome, Dan. And there is a Huddersfield Town tie-in because oh, Mick Wadsworth, sake, Mick Wadsworth, <laughs> book Mick Wadsworth was um, Huddersfield Town manager and went on to manage the Democratic Republic of Congo. <laughs> So I'm just going to throw it out there now. With the, the Harringer Wrestling Club still ex- existing in one form or another, and to my knowledge, Makazi Shakeva still being alive, mm. I, I've been really tempted to reach out to him. Or yeah. to try and reach out to him to try and to try just to try and talk to him. Honestly, yeah, if, 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 if we could get him on the show, it'd be amazing. But that's that story that there is more to it. 
if I remember when this comes out, uh, I'll post links to the uh, the website where I found a really great article that gave all the uh, all the salient points of this story. I I, I feel shocking. It blew my mind when when he said all the things for him. I was like, what a put big pop of tea. Let's have it. Imagine being an executioner and a king's bodyguard, though. <laughs> as far as I could tell, he was never he was never an executioner. I'm just, but you don't know. Like you could get him on the show, and he's like, "Yeah, I've killed three thirty-eight people." You know what? Was he like Kevin Nash? Was he a sexecutioner? (laughs) (laughs) That man killed some pussy out there in those years working for the king. Just how? Oh, but no. The the fact that he, with his students, then reinvested their money back in so that when their students did shows and stuff, they were getting paid. So basically, he he was he was investment man at the same time, like mm. put, putting the money that he's earned back into the services just to show the longevity of it all. And yeah. uh, the, the, there, there is more as well. His sons have, have gone on to do good things in, in the, um, you know, the, the amateur wrestling world and things mm. like that. There's a lot more in that article that if, if like I said, I'll send you the link if you want to read it. Yeah, please. Um, but I had to tell that story. That blew my mind. That's absolutely mental. Like, oh, like with with regards to like amateur wrestling and stuff. I remember being at training for pro wrestling, and a chap went in and he was like, "Hey, is this where the wrestling is?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then we were obviously going through some stuff before class started. He was like, "Is this like wrestling, wrestling, or is this like wrestling?" And I was like, "It's wrestling." He was like, "No, like Greco-Roman." And I went, "No, it's not Greco-Roman." He went, Fuck this! <laughs> I was like, "Oh, oh, what's he so mad for?" <laughs> Whoa. yeah. Send me that article, please, Dan. I I want to have a a deep so, dive into that. Yeah, that is some absolutely mind blowing stuff. That's good, man. I just had to share. I like that. That guy needs. That, that guy, if he if he's not been interviewed, I, I've not done the deep dive to see if he's been interviewed anywhere. That guy needs to just be spoken to. Mm. Just so I, I'd have one question: Your life, what the fuck? Please tell. <laughs> <laughs> I just have every, everything about him. I find fascinating. Yeah, that's just proper um, proper wild. And then we get to the match. So they make a big deal of uh, Big Papa T being £330. Um, I can't remember what this song's called, but it's like that. And, and that's, that's the, the way, way it is. Oh, do I need to find out. It was, yeah, it's going to bother me. I'll wake up at four o'clock in the but, morning. <laughs> but Big Papa T comes out and he's got this weird, like, bushwhacker-esque strut going on. Yep. Which is brilliant. And he's, he's facing Mark Sloan, who, who is a human toothpick. <laughs> um, I put in my notes. He's gonna die. Uh, Big Papa T is put together. That maybe that's what it is. He's just that's what the T stands for. It's together. Yeah, that's Run DMC. Run DMC. That's... Yeah. Oh my God! Flashbacks of the nineties violently flying through my mind. Yeah, I've, I've no idea who his uh, who his valet is. Rob, did you find anything on it? Because it sounded like you were going to launch something before. Well, I, I mean. I think she was going to the Whitby Goth weekend. That's all I could ascertain. <laughs> yep, because when well, them doors I, opened, I was expecting Big Popper T, and I was like, Big Popper T's got breasts. I don't think that's Big Popper T. <laughs> Big Popper T. <laughs> Big Popper T. 
that's terrible. Stop uh, it. Um, <laughs> but we get to the start of the match. T just stands in the corner. Big Pop T just stood there. Uh, young lad, uh, Mark Sloan, goes to the middle of the ring. And T just slowly walks forward. And he just struts away from the lockup. Oh, beautiful. A couple of times. This was, this was like the Samoa Joe thing, wasn't it? Just just walking away from it when people tried to grab him or whatever. Yeah, apart from the weird little side stroke that he did. That was uh, that, that was this big Papa T wiggle. Yeah, his uh, uh, copy of Norman Smiley. <laughs> oh, I hate, I, I hate the big wiggle. <laughs> we get uh, half a nip up by uh, by Mark Sloan, who tries <laughs> to uh, work over Big Papa T's arm, and Big Papa T's having fucking none of it, so just yeets him. <laughs> and then Sloan, Mark Sloan tries to tries to blindside Big Papa T, but he's just got no effect. He's <laughs> he's doing nothing, bless him. Um, big Papa T, it's a big belly to belly. He drops the leg. He's quite quick and agile for a, a man. Yeah, I, I was shocked at that. And uh, then Big Papa T grabs a clover leaf for the submission win. Wasn't even a proper clover leaf though. No. He didn't get all of that. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't need to. He's that big and that strong. He could have, he could have just sat on, on Sloan and just been done with. He could, it, it, could have farted at him. It was when the commentary were going, and the crowd are going well for Big T. And Big T's walk out and the crowd were not remotely dialed into that. There was, no. it was, a, it was a bit of tension, a bit of sadness and anger at the same time. He did the Vince McMahon strut around the ring. <laughs> yes, <laughs> And I, was Alex, so, I was entertained by it. Alex Shane said he's a great entertainer. He's a crowd pleaser and the kids love Big Papa T. That's it. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it was a bit bizarre. It was like, you know, because uh, other other points he's talking about, you know, his sexual prowess or whatever. I mean, essentially in Big Papa T, they portrayed him as a killer that's into BDSM, <laughs> wrestles heel, likes dancing, kids love him, and at the end of the match, the UWA officials are like manhandling Rebecca when they're just orderly walking back to the yeah, dressing proper gripping room. Right. Like, what the fuck's going on? It's like my Tinder profile. <laughs> you can't say something like that and just take a swig. Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, it was just, yeah, all that was just completely off the wall but actually just Big Papa T himself in the ring I quite enjoyed oh dude it was was so much fun yeah Yeah. and then it was at this point I realised one of the cameramen was wearing an Everton shirt which is unprofessional (laughs) Um, well talk about unprofessional there was someone on hard cam in a Bradford City shirt (laughs) you you boys and your attention to detail oh my word get out with your fucking Sadford shirt (laughs) (laughs) oh See, when you said Sadford, then I was just like, he was a Michael Caden fan. <laughs> I thought you said Sad Boy. But, oh, guess what, lads? We're back to Balinka. Oh, bad mate, I'll make room. <laughs> I'm fine, mate. I'm not the well, only one who's on this I've had to crack into a new beer for this. I've gone for a third barrel, let them eat cake, which is a coconut brownie milk stout. Very nice. I'm on a Vault City Blackcurrant Session Sour. At four and a half percent, and I've got the castles up next. Would it be fair to say that Balinka's driven us to drink? Yes, Balinka makes us drinker. 
I'm going to find fucking Bellinker on Facebook and I'm going to send him a message with, you've you've tormented me, you bastard. And then I'm going to unfriend him so he can't reply. And he's going, is this something to do with one of the Shaun the Sheeps I've read? Fucking... It's when you find out the Shaun the Sheeps is written were, uh, were Welsh-based erotic fan fiction. Oh, <laughs> dope. My, my, my dad had a Shaun the Sheep bobblehead that he drilled into the back of his box on the back of his scooter. And I was like, why the fuck have you done that? And he went, well, he's Irish. And he's just like, I'm gonna probably going to murder the Irish accent now because after all this booze, he's like, when I'm driving, the, the little sheep's head just makes people feel comfortable. <laughs> Fucking no, no one's on your bike, Dad. Right, it's just you. Oh. <laughs> and then you know where he's been because he abandons it. He doesn't even like park it up properly. Just lays it on the floor. He just—I <laughs> once drove past a cop and went, "Oh, Dad's in there." Fucking <laughs> 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 right laid down. I was like, "Oh, tosser! I give you three hundred quid for that." And you just fucking throwing it on the floor. Yeah. And then the Sean the sheep. Somebody pulled the head off the Sean the sheep. Who pulls the head off a Sean of a sheep on a spring? So there's this body <laughs> of a Sean in a little cardigan, and then a spring and no head. It was like some Sid bullshit from Toy Story. Oh dear, fucking Bullinker. <laughs> I've never met fuck... him and I hate him. He's, he's got such a punchable face. <laughs> I think we have to keep that in. It's very punchable, man. Yeah. I, I, so anyway, take... no, I'm going to launch into it because we've still got another match. <laughs> I know. This is the last one, isn't it? It's fake yeah. Goldberg. But, but anyway, we're back to Belinker. He's banging on about UWA officials taking as long to regain control of the situation it did for Big Papatee to win the match. Oh, you wit. Um, <laughs> the action continues as we head towards the moment of truth for Paul Sloan. And we get more. He's trained with full powers. Steps in the ring against Johnny Storm. Yes, we're aware. Um, he'll be all by himself as we head back to ringside. Let's check in with Jamila, who's not at ringside. She's backstage. You fuck. The start of this interview, she goes, Hi, Phil. And Phil Powers goes, Hi, how are you hey, doing? How are you doing? <laughs> All right. <laughs> In his best Joe Swash impression. So, oh, good, thanks. Fantastic match against Mad Dog tonight. Well, I went out there and I gave it my best. I came out on top and beat him. That's what I planned to do. Well, no shit, you don't plan to fucking lose. Didn't they announce this was his third match ever? Something like that, yeah. I think we said it. I think Rob said it earlier. Yeah, um, she Jimmy asked about uh, about him training Paul Sloan, but you're not going to be out there with him tonight, are you? No, I'm not going to be out there with him tonight because Paul Sloan's a tough cookie. He doesn't need his mentor at ringside. But all I'm going to say is I wish Paul Sloan 100% the best of luck. Well, no shit, you his fucking trainer. He doesn't. He doesn't need me at ringside. He's a tough guy. He's going to do it. Well, to, to be absolutely fair, when the ring announcer announces Paul Sloan, he says that he's a train stopping 225 pounds. That's it, yes. That is some yep. big ball shit, that. I love that. Yep. And he it describes is. him as ready or not, Paul Sloan. Oh, and then he comes out to <laughs> Fuji's ready or not as well. Oh, God, it makes so much sense. <sighs> If you're a wrestler, do you really want to be known as ready or not? Are you ready? <laughs> oh, no. 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 <laughs> I might be. I'll see what it's like when I get out there. I'm, I'm hopelessly unprepared. <laughs> Play me music. I'll let you know when I get it, Ring. Yeah. And we get the stereotypical ball jokes from the commentary. 
Mm. Yeah, a bald joke. We literally get a bald joke from Alex Shane. He said he said that he's got an unfair advantage because <laughs> light bouncing. blind blinding his opponents with the light bouncing of his bald head. Do you know what? Do you know when he first made his entrance? I genuinely thought the pinstripe on them trunks. I thought his knob were about to fly out because it looked, it looked like it wouldn't stitch properly. I was, when he walked out, I was like, no. He's just got out of his jabber bottoms and he's about to jake the snake. <laughs> My wife's given me these dodgy boxes that she's got from... It's not, it had been Neto back then, wouldn't it? It wouldn't even be Naldi. And he's oh, just strutted out and I was like, oh, he's going to come He's going to come loose in them. It's not going to be right good. And then we you, get know, the... you know Neto's phrase used to be Scandinavian for value? Yes. We've got some Swedish friends, and uh, they said, no, it, it's not Scandinavian for value, it's Swedish for platform. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> and then we get the... Oh, fucking, we get the introduction for... Uh, uh, we get the introduction for Johnny Storm, the man with the thunderbolt, and I thought that was the Harris brothers for the tattoos. Oh, Jesus John? Christ. I mean, Johnny Storm looks so fucking young in this. He oh. looks like the lost member of three count. He really does. But he's using Thunderstruck as an entrance, which is the second best oh, yeah. use of Thunderstruck in wrestling because, uh, North, because North do it better. Hey, spoiler alert, I was going to come out in an Iron Man mask to Thunderstruck. What, why didn't you come out to Iron Man? What do you mean you were going to? I was, I was going to come out... With G versus Gene and play. Oh no, I'm thinking the wrong song. What's the What's the song that plays in Iron Man Two where he jumps out of the back of the plane? Are you thinking of Iron Man by um, Black Sabbath? No, no, no. In the Iron Man Two movie, Tony Stark leaps out of the back of the plane to land at the expo. Is it? Th- no, oh. it Is it Richard Blackwood? One, two, three, four. Get with the wicked. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody should be. <laughs> that's literally right, right. That's doing my head in now. I'm gonna have to look it up. No, I think it's. Uh... I'm putting Richard Blackwood one two three four. Get with the wicked in now. One two three four. Get with the wicked. Ooh. Can I get a Ooh. chicks get with it? Can I get a fellas? You know. One two three four. Get with the wicked. Can I get a chicks get with it? Can I get a fellas? You know. Shoot to thrill. So I got the wrong songs. Yeah, ignore me. That entire two and a half minute segment is worth nothing. <laughs> so we get Johnny Storm charged in the ring, uh, which is the probably hottest start we've seen to a match. Um, and we see uh, young Mr. Sloan, he ducks the clothesline and hits a big old military press. Mm. This uh, big... I, I noted this as Goldberg from England. <laughs> so reduce your expectations. <laughs> I was like, he's got black and white pants on. He's a he's a I, bigish lad. I thought he'd repurposed a, I thought he'd repurposed a referee shirt. <laughs> well, I, I think Linsky saw those pants and thought. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm, foreshadowing mm. bear in mind we've gone through this whole show we've heard about this match and the main event for a long time <laughs> multiple times every time you see fucking Balinka I've just had a drink oh no he's not on yet I was just growling his name 
and it doesn't last long, does it? No. No, it's, it's another really shockingly shot, shot. annoying we shot. I was genuinely hoping to see like just Johnny Storm greatness. Like the 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 early early Johnny Storm greatness when it when he came out and he's as soon as the hot start I was like here we go, and I felt like somebody handed me a sandwich and then took half the sandwich away. <laughs> somebody handed you something that you thought was sandwich. <laughs> it turns out it was just bread. There was no yeah. filling, not even any butter. <laughs> Dry. <laughs> a sandwich sans lubrication. <laughs> If only there'd been some live TV bread and live TV butter on. <laughs> that would have had with with the live TV beans and the bean, <laughs> bean juice. If the live T if the live TV bread had been in the live TV toaster and then had the live TV sad beans poured over the top of them. And and, and the topless darts girls could have portrayed the sandwich out to me if we'd have been jobs on. And then Greyhounds <laughs> after wrestling as well, I could have put cheeky bet on. <laughs> we were dangerously close to uh, another cat anus then. Uh, sorry, yeah, I just whipped <laughs> this audio is going to be dog shit. I apologise, my pussycat's going wild for the microphone because it's got a foamy bit on the end. Yeah, but that there wasn't much said about the match, was there? It yeah. went for about two minutes. Uh, there was interference a bit. Uh, Mad Dog smashed a beer in Sloan's face. Oh, that was bullshit. Storm rolled Sloan up and had his feet on the uh, on the turn. Didn't even, like I said, didn't even really see much of Johnny Storm's high flying. No. Very grounded. Was not amused. Again, leaving us wanting more. They knew what they were doing. Well, they didn't even leave me wanting more. It was just like, well, that was anticlimax. Ah, but didn't Johnny Storm also be mentioned to have tidings with Linsky? He did, yeah. But, I don't know. What do you reckon, Rob? Yeah, it was a pretty sharp match. Not much to it. I mean, you, you kind of get the sort of run-ins at the end with um, Phil Powers and you know Johnny Storms out in the ring, Magdon McPhee's uh, out there. You know, they're just sort of setting up for next week, really, aren't they? Yeah, it was. And actually, when you say about things being representative of wrestling at the time, having a uh, an end of show clusterfuck of. Uh, the heels attacking and a face running them off was was very uh, very much what was going on on Raw Nitro. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, so th- and th- that was it as far as the in ring goes. Phil Powers comes out, he saves um, uh, saves Sloan from the beatdown. Steve Linsky hits some of the weakest chops you've ever seen. Oh my God, when he chopped him, and then British Goldberg legitimately smiled at him. Goldberg. Yeah. The British Goldberg just smiled at him. That was mildly amusing. But after the match for one last time, Belinka, for the 182nd time, we've got Belinka 182. <laughs> He's given us a rundown, shockingly. Controversial win for Johnny Storm. Who knows what Linky, Linsky's going to do with his mob? Uh, who knows what Paul Sloan would have done without flying Phil Powers? Uh, volatile situation. Next week, we'll see Hot Stuff Stevie Knight versus Doug Williams. The Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, faces Danny Royal and Gran Naniwa for his debut with Kenny Cabrero. And he says, thank you for joining us. But before we go, and at this point, I'll, I'll just put in my notes, fucking capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> we go to Jamila, who has an announcement from Mick McManus, like the scenes we just witnessed. Quite a situation we've got going at the moment, Mick. 
Well, not really. We can uh, resolve it, uh, have a tag match, and we'll have it right here next week. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Let me tell you something, Cole. You better booker it better. If that noise right there means it's time for Steve-O to booker it better. Well, let me tell you something, Cole. The easiest way for anybody to sort out anything is via a tag match. Easy. Just like what me and Goldust used to do together. It was easy to win the tag team championship belts. And it's going to be easy for these guys to get involved in a tag team match. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Fucking Steve, oh, my. <laughs> yeah, it's when, he's, when, he, when he's when he's filming these, he always looks like he's got somebody that potentially might be staring at him, cutting a promo in a car. <laughs> I, I doesn't that, that just make it better? Yeah, he's like, I've I've arrived to do big shop, but I just need to make sure nobody's going to look at me before I get out of my car. <laughs> so I, I prefer to imagine that he's at his place of work and he's just gone outside to record this promo on like he's, yeah. he's oh. on, on, on his on. On his, on his shit break. So all his workmates are lined up on the, at the windows looking at him just going, why is he rocking his head around and talking, yelling at his phone? <laughs> you said he was off for a shit. I've seen him in his car and he's fucking looking left to right, his lad. <laughs> if, if, if he's having a shit, it must be a big one. He's a but, fucking uh, big lad, isn't he? Fucking hell. Oh, I see, bro. Oh, yeah. He can, lift, he can lift a weight or two. I'm sure we follow each other on Twitter. I'm not sure, but he's liked a couple of things in response and stuff. And I remember just, you know, when you go for a, a, a scroll through, and I was like, Roy, you like a throw a punch. And fucking, <laughs> I'd, I'd fucking lay down before Fist had even left his pocket. I'm like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, Steve will definitely booking it better. Uh, I've got to give him that. <laughs> oh, dear me, sir. <laughs> we get to see you next week. We've now over to Jamila, and at this point, I'm just fucking angry. He's raging. <laughs> I mean, I mean Mick, Mick McMahon has killed this show. You know, Jamila's there. We've got quite a situation, and Mick McMahon this is like, well, not really. We'll resolve it. We'll just have a tag team match next week. Oh no, I'm not angry about that. I'm angry about Belinka at this point <laughs> because this couldn't have stopped for so fucking long in this show. I'm sick of his voice and I'm sick of his face. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to see him anymore. Despite but secretly, you do. You know full well you're going to watch the next twenty odd episodes, and just be like, "Oh, I love you." No, I'll watch the final episode if, if we're going to, if we're going to cover it. I'll watch the final episode. We'll do that at some point next year. Oh, you can't, you can't just like cut straight to the end. You can't go from start to finish. You need to at least pick up in the middle and go, "What the fuck happened since the first episode?" And then go, "Something did." And then you go to the very end. You need, you need that. It could have progressively got better, but it could have got worse. We have no idea. Well, <laughs> we know what happened in the middle. Rusty, the weatherman, fell off his trampoline. <laughs> and fucking bumped his nose at the same time. <laughs> That'll teach him to reach for Inverness. <laughs> He'll never make John O'Groats. Can you, can you imagine HR department at fucking live? We're like, oh, I couldn't give a fuck. You're worried about dropping on your face. We've got women throwing darts at the tits. <laughs> Maggie's got a punch him. 
<laughs> she's got three plasters on her tit, but she's still working. <laughs> I don't even know where we go next. To... Well, <laughs> I mean, we, we've been through all the adverts on the show, so now, now it's time for the uh, shout-outs that we've had. So Danny at Scottish Juggalo said that uh, someone should contact Jack Tunney about uh, Mags and James hijacking the show when they did their version of UTT uh, podcast. To be fair, they were asked him, so... I don't think there's any need to invoke Tony. In, in all fairness. Andy from Bam Bam Podcast said that he'd, we'd almost convinced him to reappraise his opinion of Buff Bagwell. Whoa. Hang on, is, is this Buff Bagwell pre-NWO? No, just Buff Bagwell in general. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is post-Buff Bagwell with his top hat and... Uh, you know, tagging with Lex Luger, totally buff, and Judy Bagwell being on the show. Uh, Sue returned to AEW this week, and she is the second most over mum in uh, professional wrestling after Judy I, Bagwell. I saw that. I haven't. I'm some six weeks behind. Sorry, sorry for the spoilers, Dan. Chris Mangle at Mangle. It's fine. I'm so drunk off again. Chris Mangle at Mangle Underscore Chris wanted a hint to Dan's big reveal. Well, it's the big Papa T story. That it was, is, and I basically that was so good. Insulted to fuck off. <laughs> Chris Bellis at Real Chris Bellis sang us a song. Oh, I couldn't believe that. I couldn't believe that. I hope his, uh, I hope his second appearance on UTT. He, because uh, Chris was with us when we covered the uh, the, the infamous Danny Abbott uh, duck quack promo, and Chris covered Return of the Mac, but changed the lyrics to Return of the Quack. <laughs> and it was I loved it I can't express enough just how much I loved it the fact it goes to the effort to not only write the lyrics but to actually sing it and that lad has got the definition of velvet pipes or as mag- mags would call them velvet pipes <laughs> Morty at Morty Junior 5 said we were scraping the barrel for guests and it wouldn't be long before we had Millwall Chris on the show Oh my God! Millwall Chris and, and Millwall Chris and Marty are both on the agenda for uh, for the new year at time of recording. Uh, everybody, go and listen to Marty and Fitch talk bollocks. It's very entertaining. And if Marty's to this point used the phrase "Gucci Coochie" to describe his <laughs> sister's design of a vagina, that was me. I came up with that. Gucci Coochie. <laughs> 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 Gucci Gucci Gary Talking about Millwall Chris He said that uh, he doubted he'd get invited On the podcast because people think he lives in the palace So I think we need to have a posh off Between uh, Dan living on his uh, Palatial estate With his grouse hunting and Millwall Chris I'm not posh But he doesn't deny posh, the grouse but... hunting No there's no grouse hunting either There's a there's a couple of there's a couple there's, there's a fox that sometimes goes into the garden, but it's one that eats out the bins out the back of Morrison's. But you, you've said previously, Dan, that uh, the pheasants are all yours. No pheasants for the peasants. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say I'm about gonna, that, Dan? I'm, I'm going to I'm going to invoke a uh, I'm going to invoke a Matt Willis defence and claim that I was in some form of character. Not just that I was just taking the piss because I was arsehole. Lies. Well, Tons Matt of fucking Willis. pheasants. 
Matt Willis's tag team partner, Graham, at Good Bad Wrestle, said that he can't wait to hear Darren's big reveal, which was the big Papa T reveal, around Easter when the podcast drops. That'd be about then. <laughs> and then at Christmas, we'll have big Papa T on the podcast. And Christmas 2023. <laughs> and steve at Total steve released his bloopers from his Mitt McManus booking it better. I saw that. The, the blooper reels just they're, they're the highlight of my week. They always crop up when I'm, when I'm at work, and hopefully I'm doing something where I don't have to, where I can put like just plug in and listen to it for a minute, or you know maybe just sneak off to box with my earphones and pretend I'm having a shit. It's it's been a long time since I've seen somebody have that much frustration, but determination at the same time, and <laughs> just like gets into it and then proper breaks down. <laughs> The thing is, you have, you have seen it, but Rob just hides it well because he has to work with me on this podcast. <laughs> and then you invite me on, and then Rob's like, okay, I'm not going to sleep tonight. That dickhead's been piping on all evening. <laughs> Can't take it. Why do I listen to dancing? Just get Nash on it. We are right. <laughs> at, least we, at, least we, at least we've not said cunt as many times as the time Matty was on, and we had to edit it down to 73. <laughs> Sorry, well, Rob, I had to edit it then. Welcome to Count. <laughs> I've got my bleep button ready. We're now up to, what what, what do you call it? Repetitive strain disorder from pressing buttons. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had 73 cunts on this show because Dan Belinka's beating on every... <laughs> <laughs> I might, oh, fuck it. I might just get him on a T-shirt. For next ride show, and just walk out with him on my blouse, just looking all <laughs> all chilled out with his t shirt, and then just change the monitor to rise at the background. <laughs> That's BAFTA winning, Dan Belinka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll have the BAFTAs on the back, and I'll have him on the front looking all Eric Bischoff if Eric Bischoff was 12, and we'll have him on the front and the BAFTAs on the back. <laughs> Dan BAFTA Lincoln. Dan Belinka, I'm back. <laughs> and my eyebrows don't move. Look at my face and my monotone groove. Fucking hell, what a lad he is. I've got BAFTAs and I'm better than ever. <laughs> got a neck for not changing my tone. <laughs> Right, so we'll go on to the awards section of the show and we'll start with Match of the Night. Wing Commander, who would you give you Match of the Night to? Uh, Tiger Mask 4. Just him on his own? Just him on his own. Jason Cross had fuck all to do with it. <laughs> Jason who? Exactly. <laughs> no, fair play. Uh, Rob? Yeah, Sammy Lee 4 versus Jason Cross. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> And it's a clean sweep, Tiger Mask 4 versus Jason Cross, because it was easily the best thing on the show. So we'll go on to uh, Moment of the Night. Uh, Wing Commander, what was yours? Mad Dog Sweet Powerbomb on floor 27 of the media gaff, where he nearly killed somebody with a jackknife. It, it, it was floor 24, actually. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was aiming higher, like he was. <laughs> That's how high I lifted Rob? him up. 
<laughs> just that scene needs to be recreated with Westlife. You lift me up as he just lifts him up and goes, Oh, fuck it, I'll just kill you as you are. Well, we haven't talked very much about the laser production on this show, but on, on Big Papa T's entrance, they had a laser guillotine. I like I that. One. That, that was that was some edgy shit. That <laughs> yeah, guillotine because it's got the edges in it. <laughs> and <laughs> and Mad Dog McPhee looked like a melted edge. <laughs> On this day, I melt clearly. Everything has gone to shit. <laughs> Um, my moment of the night was was just the adverts because they kept me going. <laughs> it took me three hours to watch this show. Oh, it's taken us four hours to review it. Yeah, yeah, but my bad. Yeah, but that's because we keep getting distracted because it was so wank. So moving swiftly on, who was your MVP of the night, Nash? Mick McManus because he's a goddamn living legend. Fair play, Rob. Well. You know, I mean, this is a channel that's been made famous by darts, so I'm going to go for Phil the Power Powers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, the first televised match in uh, wrestling in 11 years. Uh, you know, he, he's got the uh, crossover appeal because he's appeared on the um, cat fight. You know, he's got the Paul Sloan vignettes and he comes in for the rescue at the end. I mean, the whole show was built around Phil Powers. So, yeah, I can understand that. I can really understand it. But I'm going with Wing Commander, and I'm giving mine to Mick McManus because he uh, he got one of the biggest pops on the show. And uh, you say it's not his best night, but he was still the he was still involved in the most concise talking segments on the show and got his point across quickly, even <laughs> if it's shit on the product. It's objectively the worst night he's had, <laughs> and it's still the still better than everybody talking on this show. <laughs> oh dear so uh, we'll just breeze quickly over the side of the night because there fucking weren't any there was a massive sign saying ringside block D <laughs> 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 oh it was huge did you see it it was like I did, A1 I did see it but I was also thinking of fan made signs okay. there was one that said um, you suck I didn't even see that yeah so now we get to the most important award of the night, the Rene Goulet Award for Outstanding Haircut of the Night. Uh, Wing Commander, who gets your haircut of the night? That dude from Sheffield who went, we've driven from Sheffield. Uh, <laughs> In fact, him and his tag partner both had some banging haircuts. Iron Duke Ragnar Lynch. Him as well. Gary, get your fucking fat head off my microphone. Sorry, listeners. We've got, we've, we've got feline issues. Yeah, oh, technical issues involving a cat that does nothing but cries like Britney Spears when he wants food. He goes, <laughs> that's an actual real-life rendition of how my cat meows for food. Gary just wished there'd been live TV cat food. This is it. If it, Gary, do you want some live TV cat food? I'm sure there used to be. I'm sure there's a wrestler whose music starts with a, a sort of like that. Sable? <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, anyway, Rob, who did your Rene Goulet Award go to? Yeah, it's Iron Duke Lynch. You know, he, he had shaved sides. He had grade mm-hmm. three on the top. 
and a mullet <laughs> at the back. <laughs> and do, do you know what? We get our, we get another clean sweep because it's Iron Duke Lynch for me as well. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised we didn't all go for Mick McManus, but it feels a bit obvious. I think Iron Duke Lynch needs to have that recognition because not only does he look like Ragnar, he's got the mullet. It's how, I mean, he, it's how he fluffed it in between moves. I was like, look at him, he's living his best L'Oreal life. <laughs> I enjoyed L'Oreal. <laughs> I mean, the products of Denmark have had enough shout-outs on this show already. We've had The Little Mermaid. We've had Carlsberg. We can't give it to Mick McManus' Lego hair. <laughs> 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 oh dear me. So, so with all with all the piss taking said and done, with all the gripes and complaining done, uh, we have to get to the ratings. Wing Commander, what would you rate this show out of ten? A solid seven out of ten for sheer oh my. So if you're actually rating it as a wrestling show, what would you give it out of ten? Three point five out of ten. <laughs> I love how those differ. Yeah, I tried to take it in as a broad vibe, but I can't. If it's wrestling alone, I'm giving it a 3.5 because there weren't, there weren't enough wrestling because there weren't enough time for wrestling because live. <laughs> because of fucking Belinka. <laughs> Belinka in his TV shop, right? He's clearly the, the, the biggest payroll bad boy of that company. He's, he's the human embodiment of, of a sex me. He's that sterile. <laughs> he's like me on one of my entrances and I get told I can't have a 12 minute entrance because Belinka's there doing it already yeah Rob what would you rate out of 10 yeah I mean, very similar to Nash you know it's like in terms of was I entertained by this show and you know I, I guess some of that is laughing with and some of that is laughing at and you know I, I'd probably give it a 6 out of 10 in terms of the level of entertainment because it was a right laugh and i think nobody watched anything on live tv seriously everything was watched ironically and when you're in that frame of mind you know it's it was a laugh and probably a lot higher production qualities than anything else on the channel oh god The the, the production value on that that's that genuinely teased me i was like i have not worked a show that looks that grand with the with the sliding uh, Star Trek doors and everything else, and just the 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 sweet LED <laughs> Titantrons and the lasers. Yeah, just like somebody taken Microsoft Word and banged out a quick design and it's gone poof. <laughs> oh dear. So sorry. What was your rating, Rob? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a six out of ten because it was entertaining and. It is a big thing that it's the first British wrestling show back on TV after all that time. I think it deserves bonus points for that. You know, I mean, almost, you know, we've got Wing Commander Nash here because, you know, UWA came back at this point and moved us away from those tribute shows. I can, yeah, I really can see where you're coming from. Um, and I, I respect your uh, I respect your rating for those reasons. I fucking hated this show. <laughs> you go watch the fucking tributes, Dan. I, I did. <laughs> I got taken to a tribute show at eight years old, 
And even I saw through that bollocks. That can't be a tribute show. That must have just been a start-up company. No, it was, well, it was a tribute show. They had UK and they had, uh, they had the UK Undertaker of some form. Oh. Um, you know when you see, when when you saw the when you saw those posters where it said the rock's back and it was actually a photo of somebody who vaguely resembles the rock from behind. <laughs> and then it's like, yes, that that might be the rock's back, but what does the front look like? <laughs> in, in, in all fairness, your favourite wrestler of all time is Fake Diesel. No, my favourite wrestler of all time is Kane. He had nothing to do with Fake Diesel. <laughs> Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Jacobs may have. <laughs> When Commander Nash is farting or has sat on Gary. <laughs> <laughs> but I absolutely hated this show, and I'm, a, I'm a more alongside when Commander Nash is rating. The best part about this show has been talking about it and ripping it to shreds with you guys, because this has been supremely entertaining for me. I've absolutely loved it, but <laughs> I, I, I give this I give this rating a three out of ten. And the best part of this was how into the how into it the fans were. Now they may have loved it at the time, but watching it back, watching it in isolation. I just, I fucking hate Dan Belink. <laughs> that was really jarring. It was, inter- really? it was, it was intolerable. It was interminable. It was just, oh god, stop talking, you fuck. It's like we've got this guy who's worked for WWF and he can bring some of the things over, but they didn't check when he'd worked for WWF <laughs> and it wasn't recently. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, yeah, it was a three out of ten. I, I, why do I do podcasts? <laughs> oh, th- no, no, Dan, this has been brilliant. This has been absolutely brilliant. Oh, tonight has, yeah, tonight's been fantastic. Of it. Yeah, it, it, it was worth the pain to get all to get to this. And uh, I, I suppose we're wrapping up now. So, Wing Commander, where can people find you? And do you have anything to plug? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> just open Google and type Wing Commander Nash. You'll either get me or a legitimate Wing Commander Nash. I mean, not saying I'm not legitimate, but one's probably American and I'm not. Sometimes I speak posh, sometimes I don't. I've just, just, just Wing Commander Nash on anything, but not rude websites because I've not even typed my own name into those. But if, but hey, it, you know, the, the world's an open book. Anybody can find anybody, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but no, Twitter, YouTube, I don't use YouTube, Twitch, <laughs> uh, Instagram, Facebook. Don't try find me on LinkedIn. I know Dan finds people on LinkedIn, but if you try find me on LinkedIn, you won't find me on LinkedIn because Wing Commander Nash doesn't exist on LinkedIn, swear to God. Uh, <laughs> you can catch me at shows if I'm ever announced. I usually find myself on shows without a, without a fucking photo like tomorrow, so... Probably going to get killed tomorrow, but by the time you hear this, Easter will have happened. I'll have died, and we'll have all moved on from it. So, it will be resurrected. <laughs> I'll be, Jesus Himself will bring me back in the form of a of a chocolate egg. So, <laughs> 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 I've been Wing Commander Nash. Fucking apparently, there's going to be a podcast from me at some point. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that, that right that's what i was driving at this is your pilot speaking <laughs> fuck it I've, dan's made me drink lots of alcohol because of another man talking so hi i i haven't made anybody do anything i proposed a drinking game and people participated I, we're, not, I we're not even in the same room a little, a little bit of asmar i've been wing commander nash thank you love you goodbye <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> and as Wing Commander Nash chortles to himself over his own bullshit, Rob, where can people find you? Well, I just want to correct something that was just said then, because Wing Commander Nash said sometimes he speaks uh, posh, sometimes he doesn't. I, I think he does. Uh, in the words of the immortal West Yorkshire legend, Ernie Wise, he speaks proper like what I do. <laughs> I thank you very kindly, good sir. <laughs> uh, you can find me at UTT Rob. It's really more about the mutuals than it is about the followers. So I'm absolutely more than happy to follow back. You can find the show at UTT Podcast. We're also available on that 90s wrestling podcast, although that's, it's changed its name. To mm. primetime conversations. Oh, yeah, it has. Yeah. It has. In the big time. Yeah. You can find our bonus series on Booking the Tankatory, where we follow the in ring career of Tank Abbott at uh, UTT Tank. Um, so, you know, hop along there for some of the um, comedy slash hardest man in the room exploits of Tank Abbott. Yeah, I've said it many I've said it a few times now. One of the few things I expected from. Uh, doing podcasts was that I would be part of the world's first, probably, Tank Abbott fancast. But I'm glad we're doing it. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's so much fun to look back on. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at DanGriffin21, usually tweeting about wrestling that's a minimum six weeks out of date or movies that are 25 years out of date. Uh, you can find me on the monthly pay-per-view reviews on the That Night's is Wrestling podcast playlist on at Primetime Conversations, drop them a follow or a sub or whatever on Twitter or YouTube. And I'll also be on the, at the time of recording, upcoming, but at the time of airing, probably already finished season one, Doctor, uh, Doctor Who podcast that's available on Twitter at the Doctor Who pod. So thank you for listening to all this. It's been great fun to record with you guys and we'll see everybody next week. Thank you for listening. Farewell. Good evening, good night and good day. It's a sort of version of Carry On TV, really. It was a gag. It was good fun. See, the cliché in television circles goes, well, we haven't got a lot of money, but actually that's very liberating, because that means we can use our imaginations. Bollocks. If you ain't got a lot of money, you've got crap television. We are Britain's first 24-hour cable station, and we're the channel that are going to bring you the stars, the stories, the gossip, and the views that you care about. Didn't see much point replicating Panorama. We neither had the intellect or the cash to do it, so we went down our own route. And our own route uh, involved such uh, television classics as uh, Topless Darts. The News Bunny, quite a funny idea, but by week two, the costume was falling apart and they couldn't replace it. Nobody was ever going to sit down and say, oh, do you know what, I'm going to put live TV on for a couple of hours. But some of the ideas they had... Hello, yes, it's me, your bouncers went mad, rusty goth. Yes, it is still cold because the cold, chilly winds are still with us. Then he'd get up to Birmingham like that. He'd really have to bounce to get up like that. Up in the Midlands, though, it's clearer skies, but possibly showers, but still remaining cool. And he could just about get to Edinburgh, right? And then he'd be done for. Up in Scotland, though, although there's a frost in Argyll, it's the best chance of sun, but there's still a bit of wind and temperatures only getting to 16 degrees Celsius. So anybody who watched it hoping to find out what the weather like was in the Hebrides, they were done for because he couldn't bounce high enough to get it, right? And on one occasion, he went boom to give it a special go to get up to Fife, right? He went boom, bang. He just about fingered Fife, lost his balance, and live on TV, shot off the... Uh, Shot off the trampoline. It was much more like 
if you take your kids to the circus, it was fantastic. Glamorous women walking around, very small people wandering around, huge tall people wandering around, people wearing exotic stuff. You know, it was, it was great. Over the last five years, we've thoroughly enjoyed making programmes for you. We've had a laugh and we hope we've made you laugh too. <laughs> It's a one-line joke, isn't it? It's a funny idea, in a kind of cheesy end of the pier way, like lunchbox volleyball for the ladies in the house. A funny idea for one minute. After that, you've got to throw some quality at the screen. Which is why, whenever people talk about TV nightmares, they've got to talk about live TV.